All right. Hello, hello. What's up, boys and girls? It's Sunday night. Now into Monday morning, the 1st of May, 2023. And we are back with you guys for another episode of Midnight MMA, your weekly recap of the week that was in mixed martial arts with an after hours vibe, you know? So for the late night owls out there who like to stay up late, you can't go to sleep just yet. We're here for you. <laughs> if you're also maybe a Monday morning commuter waking up tomorrow morning, I like to always say you can find us on our podcast channel. Pretty simple. Just look up MA Fight Club, look for the black and yellow logo, and you will find our podcast channel where we more or less put just about all the content you see on our YouTube channel. Also, will go up. Excuse me. That's my. I just took a little shot of vodka before I jumped on with you guys. Yeah. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Anyway, we're going to go over the week that was. We're going to talk some bare knuckle. That was pretty exciting. Conor McGregor made a showing. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about, uh, of course, UFC Vegas 72. Personally, on our end, worst performing UFC card for us this year went negative like 4.99 units. No, negative five point something. It was it was over five. So yeah, had a bit of a rough showing. We're gonna go over that because you know we do keep it honest with you guys. Uh, we we do have some weekends where you know come up short, right? Excuse me a second. So we'll talk about UFC Vegas seventy two, how we shook out, and um, we'll also go over. The week coming up, we got UFC 288, Invicta on Wednesday, and on Friday, one championship. Which one championships? I'm going to talk about that separately, but some interesting stuff there. You know, we got Demetrius Johnson fighting, defending his crown against, I forgot that guy's name. They fought before. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Nate Diaz turns himself in. So the viral video that went around with him submitting that guy who was the Logan Paul lookalike. There was an arrest warrant put out, and he actually surrendered to the authorities. Yeah. Um, my man can't seem to stand the spotlight. He likes it, though. I think he's the kind of person where, you know, a little slap in the wrist. Maybe it's annoying, but at the same time, it kind of adds to, the, to his allure or the lure of Nate Diaz, right? What else we have on tap here? Masvidal. Masvidal was already talking about coming back from retirement, so we'll talk about that. Adesanya fighting with a torn MCL. I've torn my MCL. I want to talk about that. And and fighters fighting hurt, and then afterwards saying they were hurt, and then, yeah, we're going to discuss that as well. And uh, the week ahead for our schedule, we'll give you guys our schedule this week. It is going to be nice and busy. We have the show with uh, myself and Monique returning on Friday. The MMA happy hour, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So we'll get to that. Let's get to UFC Vegas 72. Let's just go ahead and get to it. <laughs> we can't avoid it. Um, man, I tell you, the first shoe that fell uh, for, for us in that card, it was the Egger fight. And... <clears throat> We had a parlay, 
Edgar and Chabarallo were the last two legs. Had some stuff from last week. It was nice and well built. I was proud of it. You know, do some extra leg work. You get, you know, the baseball, some basketball. I think I even had some tennis in there. Or no, some soccer. Like two two matches that went to draws and plus money. I mean, I, I was about to be like, hey, look at me. I'm so smart. <laughs> and then the, the the betting gambling gods just come down and strike your ass and say, you thought you were about to get lucky? And Edgar loses by submission in round one. The same exact way you saw her winning, she loses. And for her now, it's back-to-back losses by submission in round one. A scenario you thought maybe she could avoid, but uh, doesn't do it. Uh, from our perspective here, let me just pull up the, the tip sheet so I can <laughs> I guess reference it as I'm going along. What a bloodbath for us. You know what happened here? And I'm no excuses here. We took a real aggressive play on some dogs. Now, I regret it a little bit. Um, and, you know, going back, actually, let me look it up. I have it in my archive already. Here we go. Um, so, for example, we had done the full video breakdown of the Mikhail Oleshashik fight versus Chabarallo. In the first breakdown, I was on Chow. Never published that video because after thinking about it more, analysis by paralysis, I found myself thinking, no, Mikel's got a good shot here. And at plus 295, plus 300, you know. Uh, no. Uh, the submission prop at plus 120, that one really, I couldn't figure out why it was priced so low. I thought it should be more plus money. I felt like he hadn't submitted nobody in a long time. What does he do? He submits Mikel Lachation. So, you know, the bookmakers, the odds makers, they know what they're doing. They set these lines, you know, because they crunch numbers. They're not here just wasting time and throwing shit at the wall. So, yeah, really messed that fight up. So that was an example of how this card was for me in general. Um, at the top, we had Ricky Simone to win. We were very confident there. The props we like was the fight not going to decision. The over one and a half, the fight starting round number two was our prop lock for that card. A new term we're going to use here. If we have a prop we like for a, a fight, we'll just call it our prop lock for that card or for that fight. And our prop lock for that fight was minus 550, the fight starting round number two. Super chalky, just looking for something I could parlay with <clears throat> less stress. The fight does go easily to round number two, does easily go over one and a half. But it ends very late in round five. Um, or not late, but it ends in round five. So, you know, that minus 165 for the fight not going to decision almost didn't cash. Song Yudong inside the distance at plus 155. We marked it on our Excel sheet, but we didn't play it. So we can't take credit for something we didn't play. It was on our radar. <laughs> Unfortunately, we played like Ricky Simone ITD. That was plus 250. Didn't happen. Then Ricky Simone round three submission plus 2000. Uh, priced accordingly because it never even got close to happening and we had we had Ricky Simone on this pedestal and maybe we kind of should have had him on that pedestal we should have respected Yudong's song a little more the split props here plus 1000 for Simone plus <clears throat> 1600 for song I don't believe it would have gone to a split if it went to the cards so that wasn't a factor it was not a factor um, give me a second here. Let me just, I'm going to go through this quickly here, the Excel sheet, and then I'll get into the actual, uh, 
the results on our tip sheet. So we had picked Michaela Shashik as a dog plus 300, like the fight going over one and a half and the fight not going to decision. Those two distance props cash submission prop for Bralo cashes, though we didn't play it. When I say cash, those hit. Those were on our radar. Doesn't mean we played them all. If you have access to our tip sheet, you would know what we're playing. That's available through our newsletter and also on our Google Drive. That link's down below. Um, the prop lock for this fight was the fight going over a half round. That was at minus 700. <clears throat> Before you're like, what the hell, dude? Listen, <laughs> some of these fights are hard to get a lean. And for me, just the way, same way people parlay, for example, um, Bo Nickel at like minus 900 or something. I'll parlay something crazy like this over half round minus 700. And I'll put that in a 10, 12 legger and then have some fun with it, baby. Have some fun with it. Moving down, Rodolfo Vieira versus Cody Brundage. We took a stab at Brundage. And if you watch the fight, oh, man. Brundage round one knocks down Vieira. He has his moments. And then, unfortunately, you know, he gives up some position, gets taken down. And at some point, almost gives up like a head arm triangle. Spins out of it, goes like face down, but then rolls back into it. And Vieira's like, thank you. And uh, unfortunately, a good fight in one side of it for Cody. Like he was looking good early. I'll tell you what, for Rodolfo Vieira, impressive on paper right he got that submission win but you got to keep this in the back of your head man he's his striking his striking defense and offense cardio those three things man three-headed monster there unless he takes someone down early and submits them or, or finishes them somewhat early i just have my trepidations but good for him he was a minus 230 favorite our dumbasses were on the other side and no i can't say dumbasses we took a shot at cody brundage he had a moment there the fight going under two and a half at minus 275 hits. Fight not going to decision was probably a popular parlay piece. We were parlaying. That was minus 400. Submission prop for Vieira at minus 120. Yeah, right. Um, that hits. And then inside the distance for Brundage at plus 385. We did play that as a prop bet. Did not hit. And the round two KO for Brundage at plus 1200. Uh, also doesn't hit. Now the fight not going to decision Ended up moving down to minus 360 away from minus 400, and we did play that as our prop lock. So our prop lock on the last three fights of the card, that's the only bit of good news here. Um, all right, down to Juliana Rosa versus Fernando, Fernando Padilla. What a shame here. I felt bad for Rosa in that, number one, he, he got knocked out, so he loses the fight. That, that's And it's like, when do you stop a fight? <clears throat> he has a way of looking really bad. Maybe he needs to get extra leash you know from the from the referee because he does look bad when he's getting knocked out but he's looked like that before and he's a bit like he's like nate landwehr like he looks like he's about to be done but then he rises from the dead and he was trying to rise from the dead and as he was rising from him like he has a way of like oh i'm gonna stand right back up well as he was standing back up fernando's like you know long arms <laughs> he's hitting him it looks like an action movie um but Arosa's great, man. Arosa is is literally box office. UFC should do him right. Keep putting him on main cards. We were on Padilla. So here was one of the small bright spots for us in the car. He was a slight dog. You know, you can't go saying, I've got the underdog here. He was plus 130. So even money, basically. We we did like the 
we, I should say, like we were we were concerned about the durability of Arosa, okay, and that does rear its ugly head. And then we were also taking that Fernando Padilla. I liked him more on the ground, actually, like more submitting. Uh, you know, finding a rose and making a mistake. I I do know he likes to stand and bang, but his striking didn't come off to me as amazing. And yet, Rosa gets into a firefight. So under two and a half hits, fight no distance minus two fifty hits. Badia inside the distance at plus two fifty hits. Um, and then the fight not going to decision was our prop lock there. So for the last four fights, our prop locks were on point. And again, we're parlaying pretty much the entire card for our prop locks, looking to get something long and nasty okay next fight second fight the main card marcos rogerio he's got like 25 names in there right against waldo cortez acosta i'll tell you man frustrating fight for us from the standpoint that we picked marcos rogerio to win and he does win okay that's the good news all right let me put this down he does win that's the good news so hooray for jeebus we we, we actually get a fight pick right the problem is I really saw this fight not going to decision. And every single time I went back and looked at my notes, I'm like, I get it. Waldo Cortez Acosta goes to decisions. I get it. He's he's a slow player. He's going to jab at distance. He's going to pick you apart. What's up, Anthony? What's up, fellas? Um, yeah, I get all that. So, but I still kept thinking, nah, man, Rogerio is a finisher. He's going to gonna lay on this guy he's gonna get him down he's gonna start elbowing him he's gonna you know or 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 just fatigue himself and get finished but we almost saw both things like you saw marcos do some good things early on but when he got a take that at some point and i was looking at the screen so close i'm like what's he gonna do now and keep him down he doesn't keep him down and he does let what well, does i shouldn't say doesn't let waldo cortez acosta shows a new feather in the cap he can get back up he does get back up and i thought that was a defining moment and then from there the rest of the fight i don't believe marco's got another takedown so waldo checks off an important box like the grappling is not completely like doesn't know what he's doing he, he got back up um now for marcos rogerio the cappers who mentioned his lower leg kicks i wasn't one of them they nailed that because he kicked the damn shizite out of my man Ocasta's lower leg. Even though Ocasta survived the entire fight because he's just a bad mother, that leg has got to be still like he he must have felt his heartbeat in that leg. You know what I mean? When you hit yourself so hard, like you're you stub your toe on something crazy at nighttime, he must have felt his damn heartbeat in that damn leg because he got kicked so hard so many times. And that was a difference maker. If you remove just the kicks from Rogerio. I mean, what would you have here? You'd have a pretty much almost a dead even fight. No one got really hurt. Um, so heavyweight fights going to decision. I mean, it's just who would have thunk, but it does. And I ain't even mad at them. Both guys tried good fight round three. Uh, you know, Costa started to look a little better. Rogerio got tired, which be expected. But yeah, none of our props that we target were accurate there. The only thing we got right there was picking Marcos Rogerio. But even in that case, we weren't betting him heavy. He was a minus 180. Did not feel comfortable about that. First by the main card. Speaking of not feeling comfortable, Josh Quinlan for Straight Waters. We had two fights on the main card. I guess I could pull it up for you guys right now. Give you guys a, a gander at what I'm looking at here. 
a lot of red on the screen. I'm going to warn you, a lot of red. So you're looking at the data sheet. This is available on our Google Drive. That link is down below. Matter of fact, no, forgive me. The link is not down below uh, for this. <laughs> um, but if you go, no, it is actually, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the link to access this file is down below. Follow me for a second. There's a link down below for our Google Archive. So if you scroll down in the comments, I'm sorry, comment section, the description section down below this video, you'll find a link for our Google Archive. And it's what it sounds like. You go in there, you can grab all of our breakdowns, Excel sheets, data sheets, write-ups, tip sheets for everything this year. Um, so it's another way we sort of track what we're doing and we give access to you guys to go in there and look at that. You can't edit anything, but you can download things and you can obviously see what we're doing and check our notes. So for this data sheet here, which is for UFC Vegas 72, I'm looking at the data sheet, which is on our Google Drive. And again, that link is down below. And it's been updated, as you can see, plenty of red, uh, red meaning that we did not get things right. And so for Josh Quinlan, what a defining moment for us in terms of not getting things right. Pretty frustrated with myself here because I am a Trey Waters guy. Like I do think this kid's got some potential. And just one or two little things I saw, little chinks in the armor, and then I thought, man, uh, I like how the announcers, the announcers were like, oh, he just fought like last month or something. I'm like, he motherfucker just fought last week. Um, which the commentators, I have a whole section to talk about tonight with them. We'll get to that because, man, woo-wee. But in any event, Josh Quinlan drops the proverbial bag, man. Really came in here as a guy that I, I thought this. I thought, okay. Worst case scenario, he does some wrestling. We get to a close fight. He gets the rub because he's the guy, you know, UFC's trying to bump him up, Asian-American, that whole market. Okay. Nah, man. He goes for a takedown with like 10 seconds left in the first round. He I think he gets the takedown. It's like, wh why? When? Do you can, Could you not see the clock? Did Because I thought the whole time, listen, you're having a hard time at range. This guy's much taller Trey Waters put on a jabbing, not not a, a clinic would not be suffice. He put on a symposium of how you use a fight, how you use a jab in a mixed martial arts fight. He kept his hand right down here. He doesn't bring his hand up here. He's not one of those, you know, uh, Brandon Marino fighters. He doesn't do all this. He keeps his hand like right around here and just boom, sock him, robot. Nothing too sexy, doesn't wind it up out here, does other punches like that, but he just, fam. Josh Quinlan's, one of his eyes was closed by the time it was in the third round. No offense, he's Asian too, so it's like, it looks real bad. His eyes completely closed, basically. And never closes distance, never makes it a grappling match. We had Quinlan by round two submission as our like targeted play. Nothing like that even close to unraveled. Quillen just gets pieced up for three rounds. I believe it's 30-27 when they, when they call the fight from the scorecards. Oh, man, frustrating. And it shows you, like, people talk about, oh, last-minute replacement. Uh, this guy was, he just fought like a week and a half ago or so. Came in last minute. He was a dog. Got it done. Um, I admit, kind of fell for that nonsense and sometimes that nonsense is just a distraction trey waters had a shot here 
we should have at the very least given him a chance as a dog. We didn't do that. We came in with Josh Quinlan hot and heavy, like, he got this. Yeah. We'll get to the damage on the tip sheet in a second. <laughs> Next fight, we're moving down to the prelim card now. Make it a little faster for you. So Martin Budai wins against Jake Collier. Damn you heavyweights. Heavyweights not going the under. Heavyweights going to decision. When? In what world do we have mixed martial arts heavyweights? They should do this. I have an idea for the heavyweight division. It should be unique to the heavyweight division. They should maybe do just heavyweights, right? Shorter rounds. Right here's here my thought process. And then just more rounds, right? So keep it like more more action, shorter period of little time, give them a rest, maybe even give them longer rest between rounds too. Um I don't know. Or maybe do this. <laughs> Make the rounds longer and just make it two long ass rounds. Like make it two 10 minute rounds. I don't know. Just the way the NBA and Major League Baseball, they tweak the rules to get the results they want for the fans. Come on, man. Help us out here. Uh, MMA commissions, the people that are in charge, Dana, whoever can do this, man. These heavyweight fights going to decision are blasphemy. On that note, I will say this. Jake Collier put on a hell of a performance to survive this. And I got to say this about Jake. I was talking about him in the breakdown this week. I didn't mean to do any, like, you know, I wasn't body shaming him. The guy's obviously gained some weight. But the one thing, the one thing that I kind of forget to give him credit on, the guy's willing to bang. Like, he wasn't scared to engage with Martin Boudet. I thought at points in round, I thought he won round one, for example. I thought Jake was able to land more was busier, was coming forward. Um, first time I saw Boudet, at least recently, kind of like backing up and not looking comfortable. And from that standpoint, I'm like, all right, Jake. I see you, Jake, from State Farm. Um, but then Jake starts to fatigue. And lo and behold, is, is that surprising? What's up, Magic Marlin? How are you, homie? And yeah, what would, what would, what would you know? My man goes ahead and starts to fatigue, and that becomes the rest of the fight for Jake Collier is he's tired. He takes a lot of punches that would have knocked out a lot of people. I'll tell you, knocked me out. He gets, he gets hit with a few hard punches, but like takes them, has some damage on his face by the end of the fight. That was a, fi a factor for me in the scorecards. Martin Budai didn't have much in his face, but you can see Jake did have some damage on his face. For those who were like, oh, Jake may have won, Listen, I don't know. Round two would have been the round, right? I thought round three was the round. I thought I thought that maybe Boudet had was a Jake was down and Boudet was kind of like punching him and like Jake wasn't getting up and Jake was just tired. Uh, you got to put this in your memory bank. Jake Collier, he can bang for a round and a half, but man, like if he fought a guy like Waldo Cortez Acosta, he'd be extended, lose the second half of the fight, and probably losing the scorecards. The way he lost here to Boudet. We had Boudet to win, but we had the fight not going distance. So the props were just all red. Cody Durden versus Charles Johnson. One of the few bright spots in the card and something that the, the stuff outside the octagon, it did matter in this fight. So I, I don't want to like, okay, you know, we mentioned Trey Waters, last minute replacement. He comes through, wins. So, you, you know, sometimes it's like you, you have to measure things, but you can't let it overdo it. In this case, I've spoken to Cody Durden a handful of times. I'm sorry, Cody Durden. Charles Johnson a handful of times via the messenger system. 
tweeting or Instagram. I like the guy. Very nice. But as we discussed in the breakdown video, and we did it in a polite manner because I'm not trying to, you know, expose the laundry or or air out the dirty laundry of any fighters. And I don't have any dirty laundry on Charles Johnson. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying for a guy that I communicated with, it became apparent to me in the last few months, even prior to his last fight, that his focus was not specifically on becoming a better mixed martial artist. And I want to emphasize, not that he wasn't focused on mixed martial arts or fighting. The guy's been one of the most active fighters in the UFC. He's fought like, something like four or five fights in the last four or five months, something like that. We'll be moving up on like six fights in a, in a calendar year at some point, just something crazy. So a guy who's doing that, you can't say, well, he doesn't like to fight or doesn't enjoy fighting or he's scared to fight or doesn't want to, you know, you know, you can't say that. But you can say, how are you getting better between fights when you're following, you know, the Bobby Green University system? God bless Bobby Green. Kevin Holland, he's in the Hall of Fame of that kind of system. Like anytime they offer him a fight, yes, sir. I'll, I'll take oh, it's it's in five hours. I'll be ready. I'll make some weight right. I'll be I'll be ready, coach. You you can make more money and then you can curry favor with the UFC by doing this or any promotion. Let's say whatever promotion you are. You can you can do those things. But your your win-loss record is going to suffer. It's just the bottom line. Taking fights last minute. Oh man, there was a guy who did it last year. He's got like Middle Eastern blood. Oh, I forgot his name. He like knocked out a few people in a row and just started taking fights like every few weeks. Um, oh, the name's at the tip of my tongue. He's got dark hair. He looks like he's Middle Eastern. But he did that and then got clipped like two times in a, in a month or so. In the case of Charles Johnson, he's fighting a 125-pound division that's had a lot of finishes recently. But the guys he's been fighting and his style of fighting allows him to survive the fight. And Cody Durden, I see you, Cody. You got tired again. I, I, I know he finished the fight and he got the decision and he deserved to win. And we chose Cody to win. But my God, if Cody ever fights a five-round fight, mm, I'm, the minute he gets into that kind of situation, you're going to almost have to fade him because you can see the cardio continues to be some type of a problem. I want to say also this. It's body language. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes body language was what tips you off. And when you start missing punches wildly or going for takedowns, I'm just thankful that Cody bagged round ones and two to win the fight. I, uh, I got to say this, though. Again, Charles Johnson, God bless him, baby on the way. Uh, you know, a lot of beautiful things going on in his life. And I commend him for being a wonderful, you know, partner to his wife. And then also he's the most excited dad. Great things. So all good vibes to him. Um, at the same time, I think if he can reshift his focus to let me make some improvements and let me fight twice a year, he's going to find himself better results. Now, maybe you don't get the consistent, you know, few grand you're getting to just go in there and lose. Basically, you can get a bigger payday by getting a fight of the night, getting a finish, just getting a win bonus. And so, you know, hopefully there's some reset there for him. But um, I have long thought, and I talked about before, that I think that 
for him right now, he's mentally not in the place of let me get better and maximize my career. It's like, let me just fight. I'm a prize fighter, get some paychecks, and then we'll see what happens. And one part of that is he did leave Tiger Muay Thai. Now, is that permanent move? I don't know. Um, I do know, and this is just me being, I'm going to be brutal honest now. When you're posting video clips at in Thailand at Tiger Muay Thai recently, and and that's like whatever, that's archive material, that's his stuff. Um, but it lays that idea that <clears throat> okay, so you're you're grinding, you're in the jungles of Thailand, you're running up hills. It's like, well, you're actually not there though right now. And he hadn't been there for a while. Was that a good decision? Was it a family decision? <clears throat> Did he just simply want to come back to the States? All good reasons. It's okay. But has it maybe, you know, just moving around? That in itself can affect your performance. So, yeah, we had Cody Durden win. Works out. Stephanie Egger versus Irina Alexeva. <laughs> I mean, here we go. Like, all those narratives about she missed weight, and because she missed weight, Blase, blase, blase. I found Alexiva to be Alexiva to be so inferior in ground-related grappling stuff that in not in my wildest effing dreams, and I don't even know what the price tag was, but I could imagine Irina Alexiva by round one submission was probably like it's probably like plus two thousand, right? Like let's be honest, that's probably a crazy number. Meanwhile, Egger by like a round one submission was probably like, I don't know, plus 300, plus 400. And we were so sure Edgar would win by decision. I'm sorry, by submission. That was so on our radar. Reminder, I got to talk about the women's statistics too, which I'll bring up that in a little bit here. No, now's a good time for that actually. Women's stats. We've been keeping track of this and we get shit for this, but whatever. I'm going to show you what I'm looking at here. Okay, so this right here, as you can see on your screen, these, this is every single female fight. Here's what we'll do, actually. We'll come back to this in a second after we go over the last few fights here because it's going to end up being two female fights in, in this way instead. Let me just let me cover them both, and then we'll come back to this, right? So Edgar drops the ball. We had a parlay that was – there was two legs in the parlay. It was her and Barallo. It was like 10 bucks to win $1,000, and she was the leg that fell apart. What I did, though, what I did do is I went ahead and I played a $250 like, bet on Irina Alexeva to win $1,000, and uh, it won. So from one side, I end up hedging. I get a little bit of money, but I would have much rather have had the $10 bet with all this, it had a bunch of shit in there. It had XFL. It, I mean, it had so much cool stuff in there. I think it even had a, a leg with Chinese basketball, man. Could have said that to the guys over at the MMA Hour over at the, on the show, right? Connor and those guys. But no, no, no. But I did, I did, like I said, I hedged it. I, I do believe hedging can be a good play sometimes. It also can lose you money, but whatever. All right, second fight. Jeremy Newsom, Marcus McGee. I almost called him McGee. He liked the football player. Oh, man, talk about a crushing blow, boys and girls. This one hurt me. Like, this one hurt me like hemorrhoids. 
never had hemorrhoids before, but if you've ever had hemorrhoids, I've heard it's very uncomfortable. This one hurt me like effing hemorrhoids. If you, first of all, let, let me just, let me, let me apologize to uh, his initial opponent. What's his name? Oh my gosh. I, why is it uh, uh, not ringing a bell? His first opponent he was supposed to fight, for some reason, I can't remember his name, but I had Newsom to beat that guy. And the first thing I thought after this fight was over, because Newsom gets knocked out here by Marcus McGahee, the first thing I thought was like, oh, hell no. Newsom would have got torn up by the original opponent. And I'm sorry, man. Newsom, I'm all the way off his train. I, I like the guy. Like Everything seems okay. And then you get in there. Durability is a problem. It's a problem. The fight not going to decision is a prop we were looking at. That was minus 200. That ends up hitting. But McGahee at plus 155 on 72 hours notice. My man. What a knockout win. So, yeah, man. Johnny come lately. Him and this, this guy, uh, Waters, come in here as late replacements. But 72 hours making a UFC debut. Probably not a recommended career move. You got people like Haley Cowan who gets three or four opportunities to make her debut, gets all the favors. She still drops the ball. But, you know, um, good Lord, man. Let me give a, a toast here to uh, my man, McGahee. Toast to you, my brother. Toast to you, homie. Mm. Well done right here. Some apple-flavored vodka. Yes, Mr. McGahee. Very well done. So, I'm sorry, not knockout. Submission. I said knockout. Submission, rear naked chokey. Round number two, you can sort of see Jeremy Newsom or Journey was mentally giving up. He was like, you know, that's it. I can't fight back. <clears throat> well, he could have held on a little bit longer. He's just like, you know, I'm done. But got stung before that. First fight, this was the, the first fight on the card. And this was probably the, the you know, the first fight goes so badly for you that you're kind of like, Holy shit, all my analysis is out the window. It was at this moment. <laughs> it wasn't Haley Cowan losing. I mean, I, I did a whole video session last week, a, a long, thorough <laughs> investigative reporting session on you know her gymnastics background and stuff and how overrated she was in essence. So her losing, that's not the surprise. That's That's not a surprise. But... But here's the shocker for me. There's two big surprises here. One, never heard the narrative that they gave pre-fight of <clears throat> there's a reason why. They, 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 here's the intro. <clears throat> there's a reason why she missed the weight. And we're going to give you that reason. Uh, we'll be right back with that. And they, they go to like commercial break. They come back. It's like a teaser. Almost every single fighter, I think it was Miranda Maverick, did an interview or not interview, did a video on YouTube or Twitter somewhere, more or less like body slamming anybody who misses weight. And then saying things like, for example, Miranda Maverick that says like, you know, it's not the period thing. You know what your period does. You're a female. You've been having your period for years. And like basically Miranda Maverick said, listen, I got no sympathy. If you miss weight, it's on you. It's part of your job. Okay. Here we have Haley Cowan. She missed weight by... It was like a pound and a half. So it wasn't very close. And based upon her visuals on the scale, 
how she like responded, she looked very dejected. She didn't look comfortable. She didn't look like as if, oh, I knew it would happen. Uh, okay. She didn't look like Kamzat Chemaev when he missed weight. <laughs> Remember that? He was like, eh, you know, fuck you guys. I don't care. Or how about Alexiva over here? Irina Alexiva missed weight and she was all like fixing her hair. Like she did like this weird pose. Like it's, it's, it's lat Wednesday, dude. Okay. So <laughs> now shift over to Haley Cowan. She misses weight. And she looks like, like she looks so uncomfortable. And she can't break a smile. She doesn't know if she should stand there or not. Not a look of shock, a look of I'm uncomfortable. I'm embarrassed. Moments later, she comes out, does the face off, and the face off. She she gives a nice smile to her opponent. Uh, she shakes. I forgot the guy's name's hand, not Dana, but the other guy. And you can just see she's not comfortable. Okay, so fight's about to start. The media is already rolling the pizza dough on, on, on what I'm thinking is going to be a split decision here. I'm like, I'm so sure of this. And they open up with, okay, so there's a there's a valid reason, legitimate reason. That's the undertone of the message here. We have a valid reason as to why Haley Callum missed weight. She was on the way to cutting weight, you see. And then a doctor stepped in and told her, Haley, you can't cut any more weight. You can't cut any more weight because based on doctor's orders, okay, you're at the maximum weight you should be cutting. It's not good for you. It's it's been a it's been a health-related issue in the past. And let me tell you something. This message they gave pre-fight is categorically, undeniably a hundred percent a lie. And I'm gonna prove it to you right now. So again, go back to the fight. Whoever's there, it wasn't Felder. It was because Felder got got the hook this week. Because last week Felder was the one yelling when when Jared Gordon was fighting Bobby Green, saying that's a foul, it's a foul. It's a foul. So this week they had DC up in there, which I'll talk about his antics in a second. But the message from the media was Haley Cowan got a doctor's note. The same one you bring to school when you miss school. Like, here's my doctor's note. That's why I couldn't be here. This is why I couldn't make the weight. I, I, I couldn't imagine it. Like, a commentating crew, which, by the way, they get their, their directives right from the UFC. We know this. Here's an example of it. They didn't like, oh, hey, DC and the other guy, let's meet together to talk about our, our, our discussions tonight and... I think we're going to take this angle on this because, you know, uh, we have a doctor's note here. Like, no, no. Fighters never make excuses for missing weight, ever. It's never okay. It's frowned upon. Some people get mad at the opponent when they do that. But here the message was, doctor's note, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of an excuse. It's okay. When the fight opened that way, I thought to myself, we got this in the bag. Haley Cowan, vice with decision. We, I know it. The fight goes on. I thought it was really close. I ain't lying to you. Uh, Haley had a takedown or two. Jamie Lynn does land the better, more notable strikes. That's for sure. Um, Haley also, body language, not good. Haley looks looks more tired at times than she actually is. And that, that stocky physique, it just doesn't work well. 
I, I think that this is it. This is like sort of that. This is the ceiling for her abilities. And I been saying for a while, she's overrated. I don't know what in the world the idea was. You know, Dana was, I don't know, man, it was very curious. And I think now they feed her ass to the wolves and she's out of here like in a year, out of here, out of the, out of, out of the UFC. They'll just set her out there and she'll just get pummeled by a few other fighters. But uh, and maybe because she missed weight too. She missed weight, had medical issues. The UFC's probably like, listen, we gave you all the favors in the world. We can't do this anymore. But nonetheless, good for Jamie Lynn Horth. Out for a while, coming down from Canada, gets the win, does just enough to win. And um, But my final note here was that I really thought this fight was going to go to a split, man. And when the fight was over, like going to the cards, I'm like, I got it. Not Haley by split, but just the fight going to a split. I've been, I've been so on top of this with these female fights going to a split. I'm like, this will go to a split. And I wouldn't care which side won. I wouldn't have, I swear. But I thought split decision, look at the bump to Haley Cowan, right? And no, it was a straight up clean decision on the side of Jamie Lynn Horth. And when the, when the cards got red, I was like, wow, couldn't believe it. I, um. No, I mean, there, there's there's, almost never a valid excuse because you get the phone call, they say to you, can you be here at this time, make weight, even if you're a late replacement? You have the option of saying, I cannot do it. The minute you say yes and put your name on a contract, that means you're committing to that portion of the deal. It's like signing a contract to work at UPS, but, you know, when it comes time to driving the truck, you're like, I'm not going to do that part of it. Like, well, that's part of the deal. You got to make weight. In this case here, Haley Cowan missed a fight two fights ago because of an ovarian cyst that exploded in her ovaries. A major medical issue has nothing at all to do with the medical stuff. So that's what I wanted to say to you guys about proving the point about medical stuff. They said in the broadcast how the doctors were like, oh, you know, you've had health-related issues. In the... No, 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 no. The ovarian cyst has nothing to do with whatever doctor told her in this situation here. You can't cut weight. Where was that doctor four weeks ago, five weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago when her first fight got canceled? Where was that doctor to say, listen, you can't make this weight, Haley, because at a certain point when you get to that one and a half pounds, uh, 1.5 pounds away, we say cut off line, Haley. You can't lose any more weight. Bullshit. All a bunch of horse shit. And quite frankly, even though I have nothing but positive things to say about Haley in terms of who she is as a person on social media, looks pleasant, uh, seems nice, respectful, these are just excuses. And excuses are like, you know what? You all got them. All right. Let me go over the damage. Let me go over the damage, and it is, uh, yeah, man, it's, oh, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, baby, it's bad. Okay, let's go here to, um, our tip sheet, right? We're going over our tip sheet here for UFC Vegas 72. In the meantime, let me also put on some tunes for us here, if you guys don't mind, just a little bit of background noise, give us something just to listen to. Okay, so. All right, let me scroll down here. More volume. All right, so I'm going to share this tab instead. This is our 
newsletter. Now is a good time to talk about our newsletter, by the way. You can subscribe to our newsletter at mmafightclub.substack. That's mmafightclub.substack. There's a free version. There's a paid for version. Whatever's best for you. The paid version gives you full access. It's five bucks a month. If you can't afford it, we understand. Be a free subscriber. Try it for a while. See what you guys think of it. And then from there, if you decide to go to the dark side, you can dish out five bucks a month or $40 a year, which saves you about 20 bucks a year. If you do it annually, 40 bucks. It's also your way of supporting our content here at MMA Fight Club. Again, that's it. MMA Fight Club dot substack dot com that link is in the bottom of the screen and it's also down below in our description here of this video yeah try it out pretty cool from what i hear it it's usually giving out winning picks except for last weekend <laughs> my gosh man i'm going to remember ufc vegas 72 for a minute like you know like a ex-girlfriend who breaks up with you and leaves you heartbroken that's what UFC Vegas 72 will be like for me. All right, so you get ready for a lot of red here. If you guys don't know, again, our tip sheet's available on our newsletter and also in our Google Drive. It's done for every single fight card breakdown we do. So for example, we've got Invicta FC coming up on Wednesday this week. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you will receive that full card breakdown tomorrow morning at nine o'clock a.m. Eastern time, along with a tip sheet the video breakdown for the Invicta FC 53 card is already up on our channel as well. If you want to go and check out the video. Invicta is midweek Wednesday. Available usually on the King of Drafts and Fandle. If you like female MMA, could be something to add to your repertoire. I do like that it's midweek. It reminds you like the Contender Series, right? On Tuesdays and this is on Wednesdays. I wonder if we'll have an Invicta FC event during contender series because if we did it would be like tuesday contender series wednesday invicta and then probably that same weekend if bellator and ufc just... one second let me fix me i'll be right back with you guys give me one okay okay NTW says here, it's, I'd say no, because you decide that what way, call me crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's hard to, are mistakes made? That's a different question. Like, can, can errors be made in a weight cut? Um, you come and miss weight by half a pound. You know what I mean? Like, what? Come on, man. She was one and a half pounds. That's still like, it's, it's within range. It's not disrespectful. You know, it's not like. Um, Alexina, like four pounds of her weight, <laughs> and she's up there like flexing, like I feel good, baby. Yeah, that's that's a different deal, right? Um, anyway, let's talk details here on this uh tip sheet so we can move forward with some things here and get to our other discussions. Individual money line plays we had Ricky Simone to win 1.05 units, yeah. Michaela Shashik, 0.75 units. Yeah. Fernando Padilla to win 0.75 units at plus 130. A 0.98 unit return. 0.98 unit return. 
I just only regret not putting a 1.75 unit bet there, right? Martin Boudet, straight out at minus 110, 1.10 units. We were confident in him. He won, but it was a sweat, man. I, it didn't work out the way that I thought it would. And quite frankly, we got lucky with that because that could that could have been a straight up loss. Josh Quinlan, boy, we were so high. He was our biggest probably individual bet in the entire card. 1.50 units on the Asian American. I was selling people on the whole narrative, and you know, he's either Asian and American. It's like the perfect combination. And he just goes ahead and um I shouldn't say he drops the bag. It's not fair to say. I said it before, but let me correct myself. He he fails to rise to the occasion. Um, his his opponent did. You know, it wasn't like his opponent just came in there and got lucky. Trey Waters came in there to win. He looked good, and Josh Quinlan just couldn't match his intensity. And so that one point five minutes out the damn door. Individual money line plays finish here with negative one point three two units. Prop bets. There's a lot of them. I'll do my best version of like a swing, bada, 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 swing, swing, swing. So Simone, round three submission. No. Ricky Simone by split decision. No. Yadong Song by split. No. These are all like 0.10 unit, 0.05 units, 0.15 small plays, right? Mikhail Olesheshik by knockout. No. <laughs> Olesheshik by second round knockout. No. <laughs> Olesheshik by split decision. No. <laughs> Barayo by split. No. Brundage by second round knockout. That was plus 1,200, mind you. And he had this dude hurt in the first round. Ugh. No. Cody Brundage into the distance at plus 85. Again, there was a world where that could have happened, but no. Uh, Padilla, second round submission, no. Marcos Rogerio inside the distance, no. And again, there was an opportunity there, but it just, my goodness. Martin Budai, second round knockout at plus 900. You know what? In round three... It was about to happen, and it didn't. And uh, so, yeah, it just didn't. <laughs> uh, Boudet by knockout anytime, plus 275. No bueno. Charles Johnson by a split. No. Cody Durden by split. No. Now, Cody Durden by decision was plus 260. I guess if you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it will stick. And here was the first bit of shit that stuck. 0.25 units to win. 0.65 units. Woohoo. Mr. Quinlan by second round submission. We couldn't be more wrong. Edgar versus Alexiva under two and a half rounds. That thing we kind of felt confident about because we thought Edgar would submit her, but no. Not how it actually worked out, but still under two and a half rounds at plus 130, a half unit to win 0.65 units. Our second bit of mierda that stuck against the wall. Edgar by first round submission at plus 500. No. Haley Cowan by split. No. Uh, Lynn Horth by submission. Nope. Lynn Horth by round one submission. No. Lynn Horth by round two. No. We finished with negative 1.58 units for our prop bets for UFC Vegas 72. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Our parlays. Uh, yeah. Also, no good. Quinlan versus Waters. The fight does not go to decision, and it does. Boudet versus Collier fight does not go to decision, and it does. That was a two-leg parlay. We got them both wrong. All right. Brundage versus Vieira, the fight not going to decision. Correct on that part of the leg or that part of the parlay. Rogeria versus Acosta, fight not going to decision. Minus 25, that parlay is a fail.
Barayo versus Olesheshek fight not going to the card. Simone versus Song over one and a half rounds. That two-legger at plus 105 does cash one unit to win 1.05 units. Mr. Jordan versus Johnson over one and a half rounds at minus 350. That was one of my favorite spots to play on this entire card in terms of like a prop lock. I like that a lot. Arosa versus Padilla, the fight not going to the card, was only minus 180 at some point. It closed at minus 240, 230, 250. It moved, and that was a great place, right? So that was a two-leg parlay for plus 100 odds. One unit there to win 1.00 units. Quinlan and Cowan combined, they both lost. So that parlay was no good. Edgar, Edgar and Budai together. Oh my, I can't believe Edgar lost, right? So that parlay fell apart. Simone to win didn't happen. Quinlan versus Waters fight does not go to the scorecards. Both legs fail. So our parlay results were negative 2.20 units. Straight slaughter murder scene absolute atrocious our parlay pieces i mean we could have had a little bit of saving grace here if we got these four things right but we couldn't even do this boudet versus collier the fight does not go to the cards at minus 400 odds it doesn't cash so we had four parlay pieces for this card durden versus johnson over one and a half rounds that was successful arosa versus padilla fight not going to decision that was also successful and then song versus simone over one and a half rounds that also was successful, but that Boudet versus Collier, the fight not going to the cards. I mean, oh, it was close, but it doesn't hit. Our parlay pieces, by the way, are the pieces we feel like you could add to any parlays for the entire weekend. Baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever. And so we expect to get them all right, and we got three to four right, so not quite our expectations. As for our specials, these are like our long shot prop parlays. Just having some fun with it, right? Our triple play parlay is the triple P parlay, basically is these four pieces together and of course it didn't hit because we <laughs> the Boudet fight right doggy style parlay yes for those who like dogs Durden, Padilla, Brundage, Olesheshik and then you remove Brundage remove Brundage, Olesheshik we actually hit the last line here 0.25 units to win 1.07 that was Padilla and just Durden together they both won kind of cool lost the first two lines but those lines were only investing what 0.10 units 0.1 that's 20 bucks Kind of works out for us. Brunnage, man, was so close. If if Brunnage, well, it wouldn't have matter, right? Because we took a little shake at the last line, too. Anyway, full card parlay. Let me blow this up for you guys. Full card parlay, which is pretty much all of our picks to win. Yeah, no, no. We had Simone, Olesheshik, Brunnage, Padilla, Rogerio, Budai, Durden, Quinlan, Egger. Uh, Newsom, we crossed out because that was when we booked this was before we had to change the, on the fighters. So we couldn't include him anymore. Then Cowan, so yeah, full on failure. The Far East parlay, which was Yudong Song and Quinlan together to equal plus 225. And Quinlan just nope. The Amazon Rainforest parlay, all the Brazilians, Barayo, Vieira, and Lima together give you plus 189. And they did win a happy bet to win 0.95 units. In hindsight, that was like a really easy parlay to see, right? I mean, Lima is probably the one that's the, the least confidence right the women's mma parlay you know i'm feeling cocky cowan by decision no Edgar by submission no <laughs> method man parlay so these are our, like method of victory parlays Edgar by submission quinlan by submission boudet by knockout none of those things happen <laughs> the second method man parlay was padilla it's at a distance that did happen brundage it was so close man at some point it was close but then simone it wouldn't matter right and so 
our final results are this. <coughs> we had 17.69 units on the line. Just about a little over $1,700 in change on the line to win a whopping 125 units. Doesn't happen. We walk away with negative 4.99 units in total. The worst performance we've had this entire year. And it's not a horrible, horrible performance overall when you think about, like, you know, the grand scheme of things. But still, we usually, at worst, we finish close to even. So a bit of an eye-opener. And uh, got to shake it off, right? Shake it off, get back in the win column, and we will bounce back. That's the idea. We will bounce back. So this week we have Invicta FC 53 on Wednesday. We've got UFC uh 28 coming up on new jersey this saturday and we will bounce back some one championships we could talk about one championship a little bit this was this week as well but there's a the damage guys there is the damage all right let me digress from here and move over to um all right music up here let's reset gears that was ufc vegas 72 and we also had let me look at my schedule here cage warriors right cage warriors one five three cage warriors by the way it's usually available on the uh like DraftKings and you know, fanduel so if you're looking to get some extra mixed martial arts coverage you know if you actually bets their stuff is pretty good the main event had rise or reese mckee fighting he's a guy who fought in ufc so a name people might recognize he won over jim wallhead corner stoppage round four i had some money on wallhead actually <laughs> he's like plus 250 i thought oh the old man get it done now no tobias harala in the coming event puts a stop to the ryan shelley hype train he was six and oh now he's six and one uh, very very good job there had some action there on Shelly. So, yeah, over two of those two spots. <laughs> um, going down here, uh, James Sheehan, he lost too. He's a bit of a fan favorite over there. He lost to Oban Elliott. Um, Deki McElanen versus Wasi Adeshina. I watched that fight. And Deki, man, good for you, dude. Like early on, he was kind of in trouble. And then eventually he finds like a triangle, or an armbar, armbar. But he, it was like an, it was an armbar. But he had some other stuff going on before that. And yeah, good for him, dude. Because that Wasi guy looked jacked. He looked serious. But anyway, pretty good card. Um, when this guy, Patty McCory, went to the Octagon, he won. He's from Ireland. They were singing, Patty the Patty. I'm like, that's not the same Patty. But <laughs> they were still going with it. Um, But yeah, Cage Warriors, check him out. I'm not sure the next promotion. I'm not sure when their next, I'm sorry, next uh, fight card's going to be. But it's usually available on... It's on ESPN Plus. I'm sorry, ESPN, uh, UFC. Uh, what's that shit called, guys? The uh, the uh, the Fight Pass, right? It's on Fight Pass, right? And then usually they will also have those events on Fridays. And for betting purposes, I believe it's DraftKings, FanDuel, and then pretty much everybody else, right? So... I mean, if I had more damn time in my schedule, I would cover Cage a little bit more closely because there's guys who've been in the UFC that are there now or guys who are there who will be in the UFC eventually. So it's a promotion to at least pay attention to, I would say. 
Cage Warriors. So next one will be Cage Warriors 154, right? One second, guys. All right. All right. Bare Knuckle. Mike Perry versus Rook. Luke Rocknold. Rook, rah, rah. I just combined both names. Luke Rocknold. Rockhold. Rocknold. Rocky. <laughs> Let me see if it's on Tapology. I don't know if it is. They have Bare Knuckle on Tapology? I feel like they don't, but look at it. I haven't seen it lately. Oh, it is. It is. Okay. So Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold. That happened this past weekend. And you also had my man Eddie Alvarez in the co-main event versus Chad Mendez. What a show, guys. I mean, Chris, Christine Ferreira versus Beck Rawlings. That was the co-co-main event. And Christine wins. It's like a doctor stoppage. Oh, weird, Doctor Savage. That was like super weird. Because I gotta put. Can I put my own two cents in this, though, guys? I'm gonna give you my own little, just my own opinion here. This is not good for your health. <laughs> There's a video on Twitter, maybe IG of Luke Rock Rockhold, like showing you like his face and saying, "Oh man, that was that was intense. That was crazy." You know, got that off my bucket list, but I'm done with that. I, I need gloves. I mean, he already quit. He quit during the fight. He quit, right? He just quit. Wasn't a doctor stoppage. Wasn't a corner stoppage. He just like, oh, my my lip, man. Look at my lip, ref. I'm done. Ref's like, you want to fight? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. And then try to like point to his lip. People like kind of booing. He's like, my lip, man. I'm like, He's from Colorado, by the way. He's from Colorado. The fight was in Colorado. And Mike Perry, when you he heard that he's gonna quit, he's like, Mike Perry's like, what? He's like, what? You're quitting, dude? It was not a good look for Luke Rockhold. And if you go to, <laughs> if you go to Tapology, like I'll show you right here, and you go to the results, it, look how they have it listed here. Oh my gosh. It says KOTKO verbal, as in like, I'm just done. Teeth injuries. And yeah, if you look at Luke Rockhold's page on uh, Twitter or whatever, he's like several teeth look like they got shaved down with a saw. He's like, maybe I need a better mouthpiece. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you just got knocked around by little ass Mike Perry. And not for nothing, because I like Luke Rockhold and I would never do that shit. He kind of got sent packing. <laughs> like Mike Perry, Mike Perry's pitbull ass kind of sent his ass packing. And if you're Mike Perry right now, it's like, listen, show me the money. Bring anybody in here. Bring a UFC guy in here. Bring whatever. And what ends up happening, guys? You got the one and only. The notorious one was in the house. Yeah. I mean, literally, I think when Connor comes in, it's like co-main event, Eddie Alvarez. He's walking in, the whole crowd's like, oh shit, it's Connor, it's Connor, Connor. 
And next thing you know, it's like he, he's sitting behind the owner of, of BKFC. The whole crowd's Connor, Connor, Connor. He's making gestures to the camera. Nothing disrespectful, just being Connor. Eddie Alvarez wins a good fight. Both guys knock each other down multiple times. It's crazy. Eddie Alvarez is a wild man. And he kind of intimated at, at being done too. But then was like, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm a fighter for life. Then they bring in main event. It goes down. Perry wins. Luke Rockhold quits. And Perry, because Perry, Perry might be crazy-ish. It might sound uneducated-ish. But he's he's funny uneducated. He's kind of funny smart sometimes too. In the cage, he's like, you know, I don't know. You know, I hope you guys have fun. You know, he looked that bad. Look, sometimes he looks real fucked up after fights, right? But he actually looked okay. He's like, can I get a face off with Conor McGregor? And Conor's in the crowd. Conor's like, oh, you want me to be in the center stage? You want me to be center stage here for the entire arena? Conor was like, putting his jacket. You know how he does his jacket? Because that shit's fucking tight as hell. He's like, oh, yeah. You want me to go in there? I'll so Connor goes up in the octagon. They do a face-off. Connor's got the belt, the BKFC belt over his shoulder. Connor does. <laughs> and Connor's facing Mike Perry. And you can see Mike Perry is like basically saying to him, like, oh, hey man, thank you so much for being up here. I this is really good for my legacy. I, I appreciate that. And Connor's like, Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. You're welcome, dude. You know, I love attention. So I'm a... I have to imagine somewhere. On a yacht, probably off the coast of Mexico. Uh, Dana was probably, you know, doing his work in the office in his yacht. And he's like, Can somebody please send a message to Connor and tell him that he's a UFC employee? Calm the fuck down. <laughs> Somewhere there was an email. Like, can someone please tell Connor enough with that? And it got me to thinking, guys, Connor is not going to fight this year. Okay. Connor is not going to fight this year, and it's not because he's done, not because he doesn't want to fight. He's not on the USADA pool. He's not testing. He looks very strong. He looks healthy. He looks like he's having fun. There's a chance Connor McGregor never fights again. I just want to put this out there. There's a chance he never, ever fights again. And if I was him, if I was him, I'm not him. <laughs> um, I would think about not fighting. I mean, he has got nothing to prove. The guy is a trendsetter, a trailblazer, one of the kind, a diamond in the rough. You know, all the phrases you can give up. He is one of one. Why? I'll tell you, after you get your, your shit broken like that, your, your leg, an important part of your foundation of just walking, you have a, a, a slightly different perspective on life. For Connor, nothing wrong with promoting fights, being there, go to events. He was at the boxing event the other day, right, as well. Be that guy, man. Be like a, 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 a combat sports mentor to all of them and people love connor go to football games at dallas cowboys stadium and, and and throw baseballs out of cup games and throw them all over the place and just you know and sell your scotch and i like this connor better honestly 
Like this Connor to me is the friendly Connor, inspirational Connor. I, I'm not big on the Connor who is. I don't know why this is, but it's just me, I guess. I'm not big on the the fighters that are, you know, pouring on the extra disrespect as part of the promotion. Like to me, it comes off as like, ah, man, you're better than that, right? I know you're not like that. You know, you're a better guy than that. In the case of Connor, he's come from such humble beginnings. You kind of know this guy is better than that. Like he's come from down under. I don't know why I just said that in the Australian accent. I just, you know, I, I like Connor's story from rags to riches, right? So I like this Connor, the traveling Connor, you know, doing interviews with, with, uh, Air Hawani. Reminds me when I was younger, George Bush, the second was president GW. And I, I didn't like him. I was like, ah, you know. Found myself always complaining about him. Right? He invaded the Middle East, and, and then he, you know, did his eight years in office. And I started to like him more and more and more. And then found myself watching old videos of him talking as president and being funny and saying goofy things. And I'm like, why so serious, Batman? Like sometimes don't take yourself so serious that you can't enjoy the show. That's how I feel about Connor. I can't take what he says so bloody serious. I can't be like, oh, when he was talking about Khabib's, you know, whatever. That fight was a mega fight. The promotional ratings were through the roof. Connor sells tickets. Connor is a prize fighter. Connor is an actor in this. I was going to say, uh, how to describe it in this like. In this world we live in, we have actors, like people that act for a living, which is fine. They make a lot of money doing it. They're somewhere behind the, the screen, some are presidents, you know. But in this world of the matrix we live in, he's a primary actor, man. He, he's a primary person who holds a unique place in the combat sports world, right? So from that standpoint, do that, dude. Like do that, do a version of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's not fighting anymore. He had that one fight a few years ago, right, with Roy, Roy Jones, and it's like, oh, it's cute. Like, we don't need Mike Tyson fighting. We need Mike Tyson at the fights, attending, supporting the system, a combat sports hero, a rags-to-riches situation. So, yeah, Connor, man. Maybe do that, Connor, you know? Um. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So Gilbert Garcia writes here, did you see the way that he tilted back the proper 12 bottle? The dude stays sauced up. Yeah, look, here's what I'm going to say to you. And this is me, I mean this with all due respect. I'm looking at his, his tour recently. Like, he's not back home in Ireland. Now, private playing, private playing can get you pretty much anywhere, right? He's doing a lot of public appearances. He looks like he's in pretty good shape, right? He's traveling. This man is not training. He's not <laughs> that that thing with Chandler. That may never happen, which is okay. I mean, Chandler should just see another fight. Keep moving. He needs to fight, not Connor. Connor never needs to fight again, dude. 
he, he's a very wealthy man and he should not fight anymore. Why would you? Why would you? You know? And yeah, he looked a little bit like he had a good time. He was like doing that whole like, you know, neck back, like my thick neck. <laughs> oh, you gotta love Connor though. I mean, he is, uh, um, Oh, for sure. Sure. I mean, listen, it's money makes money. And I don't believe for a second that Connor goes to that bare knuckle fight on his own. No. He didn't go there like, I'm going to go out here to Colorado and go watch bare knuckle because I just want to see Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold. He definitely collected the bag. And definitely has some business there. And that's fine. As he should, man. And look, if I'm his business manager, the people that he listens closely to, his agent, whoever those people are, dude, man, let's keep doing this. Forget about fighting, man. It's brutal. Forget about fighting. We're done with that. Jorge Masvidal has now said that he is ready to contemplate coming out of retirement. It's been like two, three weeks, dude. <laughs> it's been just a few. You, you knew. You knew the moment he retired. It was like, this guy ain't retiring. You just knew it. If, if Masvidal decides to keep fighting, if he does, right? I'm going to fade him so badly next fight. This last fight with him and Burns was the last time I thought he had a chance to win. The last time you're in Miami, Burns gave him plenty of time to stand up and fight. He's washed. Now, is he good for some some ticket sales? Is it, is he good for like a Miami in like a year and a half from now when he's like, oh man, I've been had the last year and a half off. I'm rested, mi gente, my people, man, Miami, you know, and then you could load up a car with him as the co-main event again. I can see that happening. I'm fading him. He's so done. And another guy I respect the hell out of his grind, man. Where he came from, rags to riches, the whole deal. He's a lot like Conor McGregor, right? Like doing shit in the streets. Like McGregor, McGregor hitting the, the, the bus with the, the chair. Then you got this guy over here hitting Kobe, Kobe Covington in the face. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, I'm thinking that uh, I guess Masvidal's coming back. I don't know. But he's another one. Like, why? Por que Masvidal? Like, what's the point of this? You're the guys who made a ton of money in a game that's so tough to play. This is not like... I mean, look, Tiger Woods is lipping around the golf course. That requires some level of physical you know, input. Why would you want to keep fighting? Why would you want to keep doing this? Like, go open up a gym somewhere and, and go help some underprivileged kids in a part of the world that you care about. Go make a difference. Go run for a mayor in a small town and own the town and like go buy some property, own some real estate, go invest some money in the stock. Why keep fighting? Doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think that's why the reason why Connor is not fighting now. I don't think he's going to be fighting. But he's like, listen, I'm done with this. Masvidal? <sighs> Do I hope he comes back? Yeah. So I can make up for the last bet I made on his ass. <laughs> no, I mean, 
for his personal health, I hope he doesn't come back. But if he comes back, I mean, I'll welcome it. Adesanya announces that he was fighting his last fight with Pereira with a torn MCL. Have you heard this? I have a lot of thoughts on this, guys. Let me, let me, let me take about a two-minute break here. I'm going to come back with my thoughts on fighters fighting with injuries. boys and girls sorry about that all right so fighters who fight with injuries and then how this shakes down with the whole agreement to fight healthy and bring up some examples Derek minner the whole investigation around him was that he had a pre-existing knee injury that was significant he didn't disclose this to the UFC ahead of time based upon that's their story. He didn't tell us about it. He should have told us. He shouldn't have fought. Okay. Okay. In the case of James Krause, the story there is that he then leaked the information to his peoples and then capitalized on it somehow from a betting perspective. So these are the, these are the uh, insinuations Right, so Minner was hurt, shouldn't have fought. The line moves aggressively for a finish by Song. A guy had no finishes before, and then we see the finish, right? And then, of course, post fight, it becomes investigation over Kraus because you know somehow the market found out this guy was hurt. Whatever's okay, but I'm asking the public here because I couldn't find nothing online. I've been, I'm still looking for it now. What is the what are the parameters or restrictions about fighting hurt? Like, what's the, like, for example, if you, if you have a sprained ankle, can you still fight? If you um, got knocked out yesterday, can you fight tomorrow? Probably not, right? If you have a, a broken finger, but it doesn't hurt you that bad, and you could, like, tape it. Does that like where's the line? Because I've been hearing so many fighters say recently that they were fighting injured, and I'm thinking, well, huh? 
isn't that what Derek Derek Minner did? I, I'm so confused by this because Minner was suspended for this for not telling them that he was hurt. So, okay, so let me get this right. TJ Dillashaw had a shoulder that had dislocated several times in camp. He knew he had a a pre-existing shoulder injury, and then he loses the fight because his shoulder, right? Was he was he was he docked pay for that? I couldn't find anything on that. Did UFC withhold his pay somehow and say, "Oh, you didn't tell us that you were injured," or was the story actually that he did tell them they were he was injured? They said, "Listen, still still fight, dude." That's a story I've been hearing that he actually said to them, "Listen, like, my shoulders been popping out like every few days in camp. Like, it's okay." So now Adesanya says, I had a torn MCL that I was fighting on. Did he tell the UFC beforehand? Because if he had lost, right, and got kicked in the leg and was like, oh, my leg, my leg, and then lost, and the, and, and then Derek, I don't, these, these pendulums are moving so far left and right. I every fighter has something, like every basketball player, like every football player, any, any, reasonably physical sport soccer tennis whatever toe injuries wrist injuries shoulder injuries all these things are par for the course like i get it where's the line of demarcation where do you have to tell the promotion your injury or how serious it is or where's like that's not that big of a deal we don't really care about it or where's the where it's like you can still fight through that and I bring up another example. Brady Heastan was on the Ultimate Fighter show, and I think he won like two fights, lost maybe in the finals, and had a torn ACL the entire fucking time. When I heard that, I'm like, wait a second here. I'm, I'm confused. The UFC got rid of Derek Minner. Because he didn't tell him about an injury. This guy did a whole fucking show with the 20 ACL. I, if Derek Minner had won the fight over Yudong Song, would they have suspended him for not or kicked him out for not telling about the injury? So it's like, listen, if you lose a fight and we find out you were injured beforehand and we look like you lost because of the injury, you're cut. All right. If you win the fight, though, and you were injured beforehand, like Izzy, and then tell us about it, you're champion. It's okay. Look, I can't get this. I, I can't figure this one out. I'm trying to understand the parameters. Another example. Francis Ngannou had a torn knee ligament before his fight with Gan. Right? And the UFC was aware of it. He was at the UFCPI getting treatment. It was a known injury. It was known. And UFC was like, we still want you to fight with the injury. Knee injury. Like a surgery required after the fight kind of injury. And they were like, listen, fight, dude. We've got a fight scheduled to fight. It leaks out pre-fight. It leaks out that he has a knee injury. He's talked about it at length. There was line movement, just like the Derek Minner fight. Line movement, it leaks out. 
he tells his side of the story is that he him and his manager agent those people they caught when the ufc was aware of the injury and was basically leaking it to people one story was the ufc basically told god in his camp directly his so-and-so left or right knee is the injured knee and go after that that'd be crazy right well maybe i'm fishing there nonetheless Ninganu fought with an injured knee, wore knee wraps, and got knee surgery after the fight. So if he had lost, would they have kicked him out of the promotion because he fought injured? Uh, again, where's the line on the injury stuff? Like, When is a report on the injury going to... I mean, I think I know the truth, but I'm just trying to lay out to you guys how um, there's no objective measures here. There's no like, well... If you have a grade one sprained ankle, you can still fight. If you have a grade three, you can't fight. If you have a, um, if you're one and a half pounds overweight, you can fight. If you're five pounds overweight, you can't fight. You know, there's a sliding scale, but some objectivity at some point. Like if you test positive for certain things, you you know, no contest. Um, but man, there's no real like protocol for. If I'm injured in such a way, because again, if you're Izzy Adesanya, if he lost, would they have cut him from UFC because he didn't tell them about MCL injury? <laughs> I mean, they cut Minner for it. So, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? No, but they're not going to cut Izzy for that because all these fighters are fighting with injuries. And on that note, by the way, MCL tears... There's a lot of versions of them. Some are not that big of a deal at all. Some are much worse than others. Some people tear their entire MCL and they're fine. Some people like Brady Heastan tore his ACL, a lot more important of a stabilizing ligament, and he still went through his entire Ultimate Fighter show, won two fights, and lost in the finals. So, you know, when you're talking about MCL tears, it's like... You know, someone's looking for attention, basically. You won the fight. Leave it alone. Good for you. Let's now not look for some other, like, extra dramatic, like, I was fighting with a torn MCL. Like I said, there's people playing football with torn MCLs, okay? (laughs) People playing basketball, sports that are, like, constantly shifting with much more time along with contact. Uh, so if he had a torn ace, if he had a torn MCL, it's like okay, Adesanya, ooh, torn ACL. <laughs> My belt's even golder now. So it's like I, I like Adesanya. Wait, no, let me rephrase that. I like Adesanya in the cage, the fighting. He's unique, and um, but man, doesn't he got to be one of the most corniest motherfuckers ever? Sometimes, like some of the stuff he does is so damn corny, and I get it. I get it. It's part of his thing. He's not a bad guy. I'm not criticizing him as a as a person. That's that's not the way I'm doing this. And you know, we interview a lot of fighters here, so I, I I'm I tote the line very carefully. I'm just talking about like the other day he came out he came at um Duplessis and he called him a cracker and he's like blah 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 like settle my friend, settle. If you feel that passionate, just you'll see him in the octagon. Um, you know, so (laughs) 
When it comes to Adesanya, I don't get it. I don't know where this is coming from. I don't. It just to me screams of I'm not in the spotlight right now. I want attention. Me, me, me. My knee was torn. Comment section deserves some attention here. So let me go ahead here and uh, talk to you guys. I see Jesus in the house. Um, well, you guys have a lot to say up here. I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, there was heat there. Yeah. Wow. Let me get you guys in the chat. We're busy. Let me just catch up to the beginning here. Thank you, Jesus. At least I thought I split. A split was in order, dude. A split. She had takedowns, man. You know. You guys are great in the chat, though. I appreciate you guys very much. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. The whole injury thing, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's... Everyone's injured, right? So if you can't fight because you're too injured, then back out. Um, if you lose the fight, you can't say afterwards, I was injured. It's like, well, you took the contract to fight. It's in the UFC, I guess, or any promotion. Like, what's their responsibility here put them through like a private workout before the fight like let me test out your knees and make sure you're okay it's like it's up to the fighter like they got to be ready to go um so it's kind of tough man it's just tough i don't i don't know where the the line begins and ends on that one championship is this friday you got demetrius johnson mighty mouse former ufc uh, champion fighting and who is he fighting Who's he fighting here? He's fighting. Um, wait a minute. I want to get to some one championship this week, but I just don't know if it's going to be on my schedule timelines, right? So we got one fight night 10 on Amazon Prime on Friday by itself. Nothing else on Friday. That's kind of cool. You know, I do like that. It's going to be 11 fights. And by the way, a little bit of a gift for you guys here, a little gift wrap you guys on something it's got like muay thai grappling bouts mixed in along with mixed martial arts and all the fights are listed on DraftKings already like the muay thai fights and the grappling fights i'm like it's the first time i've seen a promotion have you know both like muay thai mixed or three of them muay thai i'll show you right now let me show you So if you go over to Tapology, you'll see the, the card, right? So it's uh, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, one fight night being held over in Colorado. So they're making their first, these are first event in the United States, yeah, or North America. It's kind of a big deal for them. But it'll be in Broomfield, by the way. Where's Broomfield at? Probably not too far from Denver, but Broomfield. It's going to have seven MA fights, two grappling bouts, and two Muay Thai fights. But they're all available to bet on 
on um on DraftKings. And I was like, again, I mean, I was just impressed. The grappling bouts and then the lines are kind of crazy. Like, for example, this one kid, what's his name here? This kid right here, this this uh, Mikey Musumechi, Musumeki, whatever. This kid is a grappling fucking guru, dude. Like he's kind of nerdy, got glasses, kind of lean and thin. Oh, but he's amazing on the ground. I don't think he'll ever move over to mixed martial arts. It's just not his thing. He's he's like a he's kind of reminds me of Charles Oliveira, but even more nerdy. <laughs> and just nasty in the ground. But that grappling bout will be there. The line, I think, is kind of crazy, though. It's like minus 950 or so for Mickey, and he'll he'll win. He has the title, by the way. In one championships, they have titles for Muay Thai, grappling, and mixed martial arts. It's, it's so dope. And um, the co-main event will be Rod Tang, Jit Man Gongong, Gongong, Gangnam Style, versus Edgar uh, Juarez. Let me make myself laugh. Edgar Juarez Tabarez. And that'll be a Muay Thai fight. I know nothing about that fight, so I'm not going to sit here and give you guys some some bullshit. Uh, main event will be Demetrius Johnson, former UFC champion, current one bantamweight champion against Adriano Marias. Now Marias had the title; he lost it. Demetrius got it, and then Demetrius. Well, no, they fought the first time, and Marias knocked out Demetrius with a knee. They rematched. Demetrius knocked out Marias with a flying knee or some some kind. And then now it's the trilogy with Demetrius Johnson hoping to defend his belt. And Demetrius, by the way, he fought a fight last year, I think it was, or the year before, where he fought a fight where he did like mixed martial arts round one, uh, kickboxing round number two, um, Muay Thai round number three. I mean, just he's a stud. And one championships, good for them. They're they're making moves. So the grappling bouts in this fight card will be Mickey Musumechi versus Osama Amarawai. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, guys. And then it'll be Rainier de Ritter versus Ty Rutolo. That'll be the other grappling bout. The Muay Thai fights will be a female bout. Jackie Buntan versus Deandra Martin. And then the other one's the Rod Tang versus Edgar fight. And then everything else is, is mixed martial arts. So you have... These names are brutal, guys. I can't see these names here. Oh, my gosh. Ty Naz versus Rai Yoon Oak. Okay. Uh, Kyrene Akhmedov versus Reese McLaren. Um, Ang La Sang. I do like him. He's minus 500 here, but I do like him over Rong Fan. Rong Fan hasn't fought since 2021. Like a two-year layoff. Sage Northcutt, a former UFC fighter. Here you go. He's fighting on Friday and won championships. 11-3, right? But he is fighting this Durka Durka guy who's pretty good. Ahmed Mutajaba. So I don't know. I'm not I think Sage is favored, like minus 200 on the money line, but I'm not feeling that comfortable. Roberto Solich, Soldich, a very sought-after free agent. I think he fought over in KSW. Got an offer from the UFC, but decided to fight, sign with one. And uh, he's fighting Zabajian. Zabaz, Zabazian? Zabazian? It's kind of hard to say that word because it should be an SH, right? Zabajian. Zabajian, Kazakhstan. Kadistan, I said Kadistan, Kadistan. I'm going with Roberto Soldich there, and the line's probably not favorable. I imagine Roberto's going to be pretty in favor a lot. Stamp Fairtax versus Elise Anderson. I'm on Fairtax. I do like her here. She is a strong favorite. Very good. Elise Anderson, she lost to, was it the, the girl whose name is Saul? 
She she won by split decision over Katie Sal, and Katie Sal is not very good. No offense, Katie Sal, I love you, girl, but not very good at mixed martial arts. And so, yeah, that was concerning. So I think Stan Fair Fairtax, who's from that side of the world, not Elise Anderson from the United States, I think she gets to win here. That's a preview of uh, UFC. I'm sorry, UFC one fight night. Give me one second, guys. Let me just go over a few things. Oh, yes. So while I have you guys here, I have you guys here. I have your attention. Make sure if you guys aren't already available or I'm sorry, not available. If you guys are not already aware, we have our content available on a few different platforms. If you're a podcast listener, then look us up wherever you get your podcast. It may fight club with the yellow and black logo. Add us to your uh, library of podcast shows you listen to. You can get us there. And for me, you know what? When I'm on the road, like I'm commuting or I'm driving somewhere, the YouTube thing is just not convenient. I'm like searching back and forth and there's a video. And for me, the podcast thing is just easier. The format, I can just fast forward, whatever. It's just links up to my car. So if you want to hear our episodes via podcast, like I said, look us up here podcast, search MMA Fight Club, look for the black and yellow logo, and you'll find us. Like there, subscribe there, give us a five-star rating, whatever it is. And our content, most of our content here is also over there. Secondly, our newsletter. Yes, our newsletter is important to us. It helps keep the lights on. It's five bucks a month for paid members, zero bucks a month for free members. That's why they're free. Free members get access to like our prelim breakdowns um a few fights in the evicta fc card things of that nature our fully paid members get the full fight card main card whole nine tip sheet uh, links to resources just a more comprehensive version of our breakdowns and i will say this it's not a method to milk our audience by any means we do a lot of free content our interviews are free um most of our all of our breakdowns are free right so the idea is for us to just raise some capital here to do a few more things so for five bucks a month you can subscribe to our newsletter it's a great way of patronizing us supporting our channel you can save about 20 bucks a year by subscribing to the annual membership which is 40 bucks a year four zero two twenties on top of each other yes sir that gives you the full newsletter the entire year and for doing that we will greatly appreciate your support our newsletter comes out at least once a week if there's a ufc event could be twice like for example this week tomorrow morning our subscribers will receive a newsletter breakdown for invicta fc 53 the full breakdown links opening odds our tip sheet resource links uh, our data sheet a link to an interview with one of the fighters that we interviewed on this car we interviewed her about a year ago but still a relevant interview she's fighting tomorrow i'm sorry tomorrow wednesday <laughs> And so if you subscribe to our newsletter, you get things like that. And again, for, from our standpoint, for five bucks a month, that's your generosity supporting our content, what we're doing, and it goes a long way. So thank you in advance. And if you cannot pay to subscribe, subscribe for free. That's okay too. That helps support us. It gets the algorithm going. And maybe you win the, a lottery ticket in a few weeks, get some extra change, and uh, you can donate that five bucks a month to us to help us out. Or maybe try us, try us out for one month. Five bucks, you'll be surprised that you like the content. All right, so let's talk business about this week coming up. What's on tap for this week? Well, 
a few things. Number one, very excited to announce that on Friday, MMA Happy Hour returns with the M&M Twins. So Monique, Yip, and myself, Manny, will be returning on Friday with our MMA Happy Hour. We'll be there to talk all things UFC 288, our last-minute you know, analysis, breakdowns, and, of course, talking about a new fresh bottle of wine. And Monique is a bit of a wine connoisseur and also a, a master of the mixed martial arts. No, I'm just joking. But she is someone doing some jiu-jitsu, actually doing it, like training it. And she's got her gi on. She's out on the mat doing her business. And so uh, happy to announce that show returns on Friday. That'll be 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Come through, check out me and my gal. Monique on Friday for the return of MMA Happy Hour. Now, between now and then, what we've got going on here? Tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern, drops the newsletter for Invicta FC 53, along with the full tip sheet, link to an interview, resource links to our Google Drive, our data sheet. And um, that drops tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. So if you have Substack already, it goes to your Substack right there to your app on your phone. If you're not a Substack apper, it goes to your email. <laughs> Pretty simple. Now, those tip sheet numbers and odds that we're giving you in that uh, right up for tomorrow morning are based upon the opening odds. Those lines are subject to change because I imagine those opening lines will change quite a bit. They're not listed on, on um, DraftKings or Fandle yet or even like Betway. They're just the opening lines that are on Bet Fight Odds. Best fight, Bet Fight Odds, right? So from that standpoint, guys, uh, expect the newsletter to be updated. That's a nice thing. We can update our newsletter throughout the week. If there's a massive change or whatever. And then on our tip sheet for our newsletter, we actually update our results after the fight is over. So, for example, on Wednesday, Invicta FC will end at some point around like whatever, 10, 30, 11 o'clock on Wednesday evening. The entire tip sheet on our newsletter will be updated. You guys can see how we did. If you trailed us, you kind of know how we did. But the point is, you actually see the updates there. You see how we did. So, um, what else for this week? Wednesday morning, UFC newsletter for UFC 288. That comes out Wednesday morning. The full write-up, our full tip sheet, our bets, the whole nine for an exciting card. 14 fights in that card. The belt, the main event, it's going to be very impressive. That's Wednesday morning. That also means that sometime between Tuesday and Wednesday morning, the video breakdowns for UFC 288 will also drop the full breakdown videos along with our Swift Pick videos. If you want those, pretty simple. Follow us right here on this channel. Subscribe to our newsletter um, or follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. Some way there you'll get our links to our breakdown videos um, because we publish it pretty much everywhere, right? That'll happen sometimes Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning, right? For Wednesday, Wednesday morning, we have the newsletter breakdown coming out for UFC, right? 288. Wednesday, Wednesday morning, right? So Wednesday evening is a pre-fight show beginning at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time for Invicta FC. That'll be on Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time because their fights won't start until 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. It says 8.30 p.m. on their on some of their stuff, but they don't start until 9 p.m. We'll do our pre-fight show at 8.30 p.m. Get going with that one. And then run that for half an hour until 9 o'clock. And when the fights start at 9 p.m., we'll do a watch party with you guys. Just kind of hang out. Now, to watch the show, I mean, to watch the fights for Invicta FC, 
They're live for free on their YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube and just search Invicta FC and you'll find uh, the YouTube channel. The entire card should be airing there on on YouTube. So we'll be doing a live watch, but like I said, from 9 p.m. until whatever, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And 8.30 will start the pre-fight show. On Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, our next fighter interview will drop. Last week, we had the wonderful Cheyenne Blissmas. A great interview. Thought she was awesome. Kind of gave a different side of her. And uh, that was a fun interview. That was last week. That's available on our channel if you want to go check that interview out with Cheyenne Blissmas. But this Friday, we have a new athlete. I can't tell you who it is yet because... Well, two things. One, the interview hasn't been recorded yet. I don't want to jinx myself. And and number two, it's a it's an athlete we know. So I just don't want it to be, like I said, I would jinx myself. But either way, this Friday, a new interview every Friday. Instead of 12 though, p.m. Eastern time, or 12 p.m. Yeah, Eastern time, we're going to do this interview at, or, I'm sorry, we're going to air the interview at 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's about an hour before they do like weigh-ins and stuff like that for UFC. So 11 a.m. Eastern time, You'll notice on our YouTube channel, YouTube channel, you'll see that link there for it as a premiere. It'll premiere at 11 a.m., which means when you go there at 11 a.m., the video, like, it'll be counting down, like, from one minute. You actually go to the comment section, interact with the other people that are watching in premiere. So a fighter interview will be coming up every Friday from now until whenever, right? So every Friday, new interview, new fighter. This Friday, we have a new interview coming up with you guys to, to check out. That's always free. Free content, right? <laughs> That's Friday at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, next weekend, same place, same time with yours truly, Manny G. MMA midnight talking here at Midnight MMA. Every Sunday at 12 o'clock a.m. Eastern time till about 2 a.m. Like I, I put the 1.30 a.m. timestamp there, but sometimes I go over. I have more to talk about. I just can't help myself. Next thing you know, it's like 12 you know, I mean, 145, it's you know getting later, but I, I don't want to cut you guys off. We have a good audience, good conversation, you know, got to keep it, keep the, keep the uh, love going. So that's our schedule again for this week. So again, just a recap of our schedule for this upcoming week. We have a newsletter for tomorrow morning, Invicta FC 53, that comes out tomorrow morning newsletter, uh, Wednesday morning newsletter for UFC 288, Wednesday um, evening, we have the pre-fight show and watch party for Invicta FC 53. Um, Tuesday evening comes out the breakdown video and Swift Picks video for UFC 288. Then on Friday, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, our latest interview will drop, the newest interview we have with a fighter. And then we're on to next weekend. I'm sorry, then Friday. I'm sorry, Friday night with, oh my gosh, how can I? Friday night and a happy hour with me and Monique. 8.30, sorry, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Friday night. How did I forget that? It's right here in my notes, too. Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, right here. Myself and uh, Monique will be talking about UFC 288, opening up a new bottle of wine. We've done that show about four or five times. We took about a two-week break, and now we are back. And better than ever. If you like hearing about mixed martial arts from a female perspective, come through on Friday. If you like wine, come through on Friday. If you just want to hear my voice on Friday, come through on Friday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. It'll be live. Okay. So I didn't get a chance to finish a thought I had earlier. And uh, um, the chat section, I'm just looking over here. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I appreciate you, Anthony. Thank you, dude. Um, 
I try. I mean, I'll tell you what. One day, Anthony, if 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 this thing grows one day, you're gonna be one of the first people I'll say, listen, he kind of caught on to this early because we have a lot of content that sort of funnels to the same place. The whole idea is building content around that one card, right? So whether it's fighter interviews or analysis or whatever it is, um, there's information there for everyone, even for other cappers. I, I mean, I look at information that's everywhere, especially free information. And most of our stuff is free. Um, if you find it valuable or it's like, man, this is really valuable. That's where you sign up for the newsletter. So listen, here's my donation of five bucks a month because this shit's actually valuable to what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, thank you guys who are in the chat here promoting our stuff. Um, oh man, I'm sorry, Thomas. That sucks, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude, man. Feel free to unload in the chat, man. Feel free to just go ahead and let it go in there if you just want. Yeah, this this song is called Yoro. This song is, um, yeah. If you're talking about this song, it's called Yoro, which is spelled J-O-R-O -O by WizKid. If you're talking about this song, I'm not sure. I, I assume you are. You guys are busy. Anthony's like the moderator in the chat, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Magic Marlin. I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you guys very much. And and you guys are some of the loyal players, man. You guys helped to make this thing happen. And, and many of you, by the way, have been passing on information about our content. And that to me is, that's the biggest ultimate thank you. That's the biggest ultimate compliment. If you would ever recommend it listen this guy's actually doing some shit over there it's pretty good it's got some good content you know check it out um yeah man yeah so you guys are great man thank you that's yoda by Wizkid. here's another one of my favorites right here russian rap song so let me speaking of rap let me rap to you guys i was an old turn back in the day like growing up in the, the city like, let me rap to you, young buck. DC does the commentary last weekend for UFC Vegas 72. They just gave us the whole excuse for why Haley Cowing couldn't make weight. Doctor's note, right? Then Alexiva grabs the fence at some point to defend a takedown. And literally, DC, like, yells, like, oh, oh, she grabbed the fence. And then he brings his voice down to whisper. He's like, I'm like, wow. Like, th this is the, see, this is the problem. It's not even that DC was yelling about an obvious thing. It's that there's like 10 people in the room. So whatever the commentators yell about, the referees, the people on the side of the cage, the clock operator, the, the, the 10 other fans be behind them, the, the judges, Dana, if he's there, everybody hears when DC says, oh, she grabbed the cage. And then you see Chris Tyone, who's the master of stopping fights and talking about you can't do this and that. He's the master of interrupting fights and taking points. He just kind of comes over and like looks like and says, don't, don't, don't grab the cage. 
And I was like, oh, ooh, kind of needed that point because I was on, you know, uh, Haley Cowan by split. I'm like, that would have been a good one right there. I'm not sure it was split worthy. I'm not suggesting it was a split worthy hand grab of the cage. Who knows? Maybe she, you know, maybe the takedown doesn't even happen there. Um, no, not, not Alexiva. Did I just, yeah, not Alexiva against um, Jamie Horth. I said Alexiva. Uh, Jamie Horth grabbed the cage. And so as you see, um, Haley Counter trying to get the takedown. She can't get it. Fight continues, but DC then goes on to whisper for a minute. He's like, oh, yeah, she, she grabbed the cage. It's like, dude, we just had, we just, just had this last week. We just had commentators acting emotional like children, like homers on the side of the cage and calling out fouls and yelling about it. And DC comes to here and does the same exact thing as Paul Felder. Now, not as bad as Felder because Felder was like literally kept going for a minute until someone told him, dude, shut the fuck up and call the fight. Like they basically told Felder, shut up, bitch. Stop. Stop acting like a bitch. And call the fight. Okay. Stop, stop getting mad because your boyfriend's getting beat up and call the fight. Now, this case here, DC just like he catches himself right away and goes from yelling, oh, she got a cage to whispering immediately. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, this is imagine. Put it out there. Imagine if if I mean I can't speak for all promotions, right? I can't say like yeah, I can't speak for all promotions. I don't know. But I would just say, like, imagine if by some way, shape, or form, the UFC actually had real, real, like, news, like, commentators, like, real. Like, in the NBA, for example, you got so many people like the Reggie Millers and, like, people who commentate on, on, on games, do a great job, good analysis. If we had a pool of actual real media members, people that actually do this for a living, not some former fighters that are ingratiated with the UFC, not some people that are friends with fighters, like a real pool of, of real journalists. We wouldn't have that. <laughs> we would who would have those reactions like that. But in reality, we have a, a small roster of people that do this. There's Joe Rogan for the big events, right? Even then, he kind of picks and chooses the events he wants to do. Right? He's, he's big time now. There's DC, you know. Um, but it's an, it's not embarrassing. It's just funny. I do enjoy the laughing of it. I'm like, wow, it happened again. So, yeah, between last week and this weekend, I found myself muting the commentary maybe more than ever. Yeah, and, I, and I've become that guy. Now, sometimes I got to put it on. I want to hear what they're going to say. But after I start hearing things like they're making excuses for fighters who are missing weight, when I heard them making an excuse for Cowan missing weight, I was like, I heard, I heard them, heard as much as I could, and I just muted it. I'm like, I can't hear this. This is like, uh, this is like I'm in crazy land. But they get a script. You see, they get an actual script. They receive paperwork that tells them, don't say this, say this a lot, like this fighter a lot, give this fighter an excuse for having missed weight, like. This is not real journalism. <laughs> that's, not, that's not real objective journalism. That's scripted journalism where they're giving you the information from the top down. If you don't follow their information, you're out. 
if you want to ask tough questions like Erhomani, you can't get to the media press conferences. Like this is a bubble of mixed martial arts that's protected, very cozy bubble. And if you do anything to question the bubble or the methods or anything, you're out the bubble. And so from a standpoint of why is this happening? Why would something of this nature happen? Like, yeah, it's just a very controlled system. And so you have even the reporters or supposed journalists, they are following the script to the T. And uh, it's annoying. It's tough. It's uh, it's a part of the sport. I say if you don't like it, you know what you do? Hit the mute button, put some music on, watch the fight. You become your own commentator. You don't need to hear somebody tell you for three or four minutes that someone's winning a fight when they're on their back. Like It just, oh, my goodness. Sometimes the commentating is brutal. One last note, though. The commentating in the Apex makes a difference because they're in a small room. You see, like, when DC yells out, she grabbed the cage. Like, he did it loud enough as a, a reaction. But judges that were right there, they could hear him. Everyone could hear him. The whole world heard him on the, on the broadcast. So, you know, that that uh, that taints the room. You know, he's a respected guy. So, anyway, guys, again, a few reminders. Like, subscribe, put notifications on. Interviews every Friday with a new athlete. That's coming up this Friday, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. Going live on Wednesday for a pre-fight show and watch party. Look out for our newsletter content. That link for our newsletter is down below. On Friday, we return with uh, myself and Monique, the M&Ms, for midnight. I'm sorry, for midnight MMA. That's going to be MMA happy hour. Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern time to 9 p.m. Eastern time. A last-minute recap of UFC 288 or whatever cards coming up for that weekend, along with drinking some wine. And uh, we both open the same bottle of wine together. We talk about it with you guys, give you guys some tips. She's the wine connoisseur, though. She'll give you like tips about what to eat it with, what to cook it with, um, how to maybe use it in a dating scenario. Boys, you know, from a women's perspective, she'll give you guys some tips. That's every Friday at 8 o'clock p.m. right here. And one last thing again, for those who want to subscribe to our newsletter, link is down below. There's a free version and a paid version. It's up to you guys. Do not feel obligated to pay for anything on the internet. If you are like, listen, I don't got the money for it. I ain't paying for shit. Subscribe then to our free access to our newsletter. It gives you some content. And maybe after a while, you kind of like it. You trust it. You decide that, you know what? I can part with five bucks a month. Before I get out of here, guys, it's been about two hours. Let me jump into this chat section here and see if I got any comments I need to um, catch up on. Because you guys are amazing. Yeah, thank you, Garcia, right? Take the point. Take the point. Give me a split. Oh, that's, that's guys, you know what? I got one more comment. I got one more topic here before I let you guys go. I forgot to get to the, the women's things, right? The women's statistics. Um, thank you, man. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate you, man. I'm back in full force, babies. I'm back in full force. I'm working on this website, which I need to get more information to the designer. Um, it's not a cost issue. It's strictly, I just want it done right. I want it to pull up nice on the phone, the whole deal. But working on this, and I got some work to do tonight. I'll be up. It's 2 a.m. right now, but I'll be up for hours working on this. 
I got some food downstairs waiting for me, though. I'm going to get me some Chinese food, come back up here and pig out, and then also work on this uh, on this website. Um, but let me catch up on the chat section because you guys are awesome, and uh, I don't want to ignore the comments. I don't want people being ignored in general. All right. Um, Anthony's saying here, DC didn't yell about one of the guy fighters grabbing the cage, and I was pretty sure he did grab Jack Sheet. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so, Gilbert. I think so. Yeah, Dom's pretty good. I, I kind of agree with you. He was the one who said a while ago he he was one of the people that like he, he went he went swimming upstream, man. You never call out your own people, and he called out. Did he call out DC or somebody? I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Good call, Anthony. I do like Dom. I do like him. <laughs> Here's my thing with Felder, right? I don't think he did nothing wrong, like, in real life. It was his boy. There was a foul. <laughs> like he, You know, it's like if your friend gets into a fight in a bar and somebody hits him from behind. What are you doing? You're not going to just like stand back and be calm about it. Like, so in his mode of like instinct, it was like, that's my friend getting hit and fucked up and I need to go to his rescue. Okay. So I, I get that. But part of his duty, it's like, if you're a police officer, you can't be a police officer. If when you get into an in interaction with a person who you're pulling over to for speeding and they start saying dumb shit, like you're a fucking pig. And you take it personal now and you want to pull him out the car and beat him up. Like, you can't do it because you know that I'm doing my job and people say dumb shit. I got to be professional. Same shit for Felder. So Felder in that moment or DC in that moment, um, the idea is, well, first, let me actually, hold on, let me back up here. Let me back up. It's not their fault that everyone can hear what they're saying so clearly. They're fighting in a in a middle school gym. Like, let's call a spade a spade here. They're fighting in a, in a cafeteria in a small elementary school. Like, that little room? It's, it's, it reminds me, like, when you were playing Madden or NCAA football years ago when you were trying to build your character up and you play, like, in high school and in the background they have, like, only a scattered crowd. It's like that. Like, it's, 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 like, it's like literally like maybe 100 people in there. That's part of the dynamic here. That's not Paul Felder's fault, and it's not DC's fault. Every time they say, oh, whatever, like, everyone can hear them because there's only a few people in the room. You know, so from that standpoint, it kind of makes things weird, you know. And, and Felder, he got the hook this week, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, time to listen to MA Fight Club with that fresh herb in the month. Oh, yes, Thomas. My man Thomas from France, uh, let me give him a shout out here. Thomas has also been trying to help link me up with some of these fighters from King of the Streets. And one fighter in particular is on my radar. He's an American fighter uh, to do like an interview of some kind. But King of the Streets, I can't stream it here. If I do, it ends up my video will get taken down later on. But that is a legit. You want to see real street fighting like that's or not, I should say real mixed martial arts with just no no holds bar dude like head stomps the whole nine my man thomas over in france he knows all about it dude. he turned me on to it 
Oh yeah, he's pretty bad. Yeah, he's pretty bad. That John McCarthy is um brutal, dude. And I don't know, man. I just I don't know. I can't stomach it. I have to just when I watch fights and there's bad commentary that's so biased, I just I just gotta mute it. Mute it. I just mute it. Put a movie on in the background or something. Just save myself a headache. And, and I suggest the same for everyone else because it gets to a point where you have a hard time enjoying what you're watching. You know, and it happens to every sport, so it's not unique to mixed martial arts. And 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 it happens probably in a lot of levels of life, right? Ultimately, though, it is super annoying when you're watching a fight and you're rooting for someone. You're like, oh, I want this one person to win, and the entire commentary is against them. And so even when they do something good, it's like they just ignore it. I'm like, oh my. I, this is this is too much. I can't do it. <sighs> Magic Marlon writes in here. He says, so many times I say to myself, what fight are they watching? That is so well said. That is the perfect statement of what I'm trying to describe. You're watching a fight. You're hearing Joe Blow and 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 uh, I don't know why I said Joe Blow, but you're hearing like, you know, Steve, John and and Linda, the three commentators, whoever these fucking people are. And they're just ignoring every single thing that the fighter that you're, you happen to be rooting for this one. I mean, scenario would be this. Your fighter gets a takedown, right? And the narrative immediately becomes this. They're not doing anything with that. They're not doing enough. I mean, they're just, they're kind of laying there, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, but they're laying on top of the other person. That means they're in control. And they're like, they're not doing anything, you know? And Based upon the new scoring system, that's pretty much a neutral position here. That's just, yeah, they're not busy enough, you know. A matter of fact, the bottom fighter looks like like they're trying to transition. They're they're trying to, you know, pull up some submissions. And I'm like, oh, man. Meanwhile, if the other fighter gets a takedown, it's like, oh, takedown. Massive. That was so clutch there. With 30 seconds to go, that was a huge takedown. And so it's like those commentators shift the goalpost all the time. I've heard them say that takedown was huge with 15, 20 seconds, 30 seconds in a round. Huge. Why is a takedown huge? And then other times it's like, well, they're not doing anything with the takedown. They're just, they're just laying there. It's like, well, when is it huge and it's not huge? Takedowns, based upon the commentary I've heard, are zero. Unless it's the fighter they actually want to win, and then it's like great takedown. So takedowns are like zero points when they don't want the fighter to win. It's points when they'd like the fighter to win. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, what is it? Is it takedowns equal actual um, you know, scoring progress in the scorecards, or are they meaningless? I don't get what they are because the way they describe it sometimes is that a takedown with no actual damage in the ground or no ground and pound is just nothing it doesn't mean anything the person on the back macy barbara and andrea lee macy barbara got taken down multiple times in that fight that was not a factor in the cards one judge gave it 30 27 to macy margliotta whatever his name is dan margliotta that judge that referee i mean he had 30 27 for macy barbara every round so he didn't value the takedowns at all which one is it? Is it takedowns don't mean nothing? Or again, I could I could play recordings on recordings of, of the commentators screaming like, that was a huge takedown. I don't get why a takedown would ever be huge if you don't score anything from a takedown unless it just only matters when you need to matter. I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe it. But I feel like 
takedowns in general and top control in the guard, it's so subject to whatever they want to decide it is. So at times, commentators will say the person on the bottom is winning. At times, they'll say the person on top just not doing enough. And it gets it gets just depends on who they like to win. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Um, Anthony writes in here. He says he's actually the worst. Gilbert, I agree, and that's saying something. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty bad. Yeah, it's bad because um, Anthony writes in here. He says I legit mute the TV a lot and just turn music up. When I first heard this years ago, like, like two years ago, when I first got into this like fight game, like you know, watching fights more closely and stuff like that. I was like, oh man, it's not that big of a deal. Why are people muting it? Like, what's what's the big deal? I'm like, now nah, I get it. Yeah, now now I um now I totally get it. I it's super annoying. And if you know the fight game like more, right? If you follow technique closely, you know about takedowns and damage and stuff. Like, for example, I'll never forget this. I heard people telling me after the Macy Barber Andrew Lee fight. That Andrea Lee, I'm sorry, that, that Macy Barber did more damage. And I want to clarify that statement. She may have landed some harder looking strikes at times. I'll, I'll, I'll give that. But Andrea Lee was not bleeding. Macy Barber was bleeding from her nose. So it, it's amazing how the conversation in that fight where people who were on the side of Macy winning by split, by the way that they would then take the next step of saying that she actually did more damage. She didn't. Andrew Lee was clean face. Macy Barber was blue from the nose. Andrew Lee had the takedowns and top control. And yet Dan Murgulata gave it 30-27 for Macy Barber. Wow. Wow. He's a referee too. I think he might know something about mixed martial arts. I don't know. Or maybe he was instructed to do something that the job done, right? Gilbert writes in here says, I wish Bellator picked up BAS and dropped Big John. Yeah. Good, good point. I think Big John is like aging out, man. We, we just need fresh voices. I just I respect the guy, but like it's enough, man. Um oh, smoke session here. Here we go. Um yeah, look at that, man. Good old days. <laughs> well now is a good time. I guess I can I can 420 with all you guys here. Everyone toke up, grab your pieces, enjoy. Love y'all. Hope that was as good for you as it was for me. Yes, I am East Coast. East Coast, not too far from New York City. I try, Anthony. I try. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point, Anthony. That's that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking like a 
the website can help be a portal, you know, for other content. Um, at least give people an understanding of what we are, right? Mix, we're, we're covering mixed martial arts. We're uh, we're a small brand trying to grow, and uh, and we're discussing obviously betting information, right? Betting angles. But yeah, I, I think the website can help from a branding standpoint. It also helped me to like, I'm pitching what I'm doing, this whole this whole concept to other people, whether it's through like a branding partnership or media credentials, whatever it's going to be. So I do need to have a business card and I do need to have a website. I do need to have a certain level of, of formality. And so the idea is that we're going to build those things out. Um, so yeah, yeah. Thanks for your feedback, Anthony. Magic, Marlon. He said he called that truck ref. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. So you guys are helping. I'll tell you what. You you know you guys being here, you guys being the the, the founding fathers, right? That's the way I would put it. You guys are the founding fathers of this. <laughs> little fledging channel you know and so by by being here by comment commenting by you know our schedule our schedule is going to be very again consistent now you expect every friday premiering of a new interview with a new fighter that's every friday 11 o'clock a.m eastern time so if you want to patronize us there that's good go there 11 o'clock put your notifications on it'll air i'll promise to have the interview up by like wednesday so wednesday night I'll be uploading the interview. It'll be set there on our channel to premiere on Fridays, 11 o'clock a.m. And so you can't watch it until then, but you can set notifications to you know watch it live on Friday, 11 o'clock when it releases. And the chat will be live for that as well and open. So that's another great way to support what we're doing. And if you haven't done so already, like us on, on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Pay us nothing. Give us no money. But simply by following us on our socials, looking at our content, and if you like it, um, obviously, you know, sharing it, passing it along. That's pretty cool, right? Um, you guys are great, though. You know, Thomas and Anthony, Magic Marlon, you guys are, you know, always very complimentary. You guys know, you know the rules around here, right? We got one number one rule around here, right? Right? ELE. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> um, Yeah, you guys are great. You guys are great. That's true. And that's also so difficult. I mean, imagine if a basketball game ended and it was like, all right, <laughs> like a, like a, an entire four quarter of four quarters of basketball is over. And like, all right, these three judges have to tell us who won the game. Now, mind you, they cannot have access to the CompuBox numbers in mixed martial arts. They don't know the striking stats. I always tell people this, and they're like, oh, no, that's crazy. What do you mean? I'm like, no, they do not have access to the CompuBox numbers. This has got to be the most retarded thing that I have ever heard of. It doesn't make any actual sense. Unless you want the judges to be able to have wiggle room so you can do things in the sport, right? But here's the point. You have... Um, 
you have the striking numbers available, just give them to the judges. They could use it along with their notes and help them to make a decision. Like if they're kind of torn on a round or something, they can say, oh, well, this fighter landed a lot more strikes that round. That can help me. No, no, no. So it would be like watching a four quarter basketball game and having three judges have to tell you who they thought won. And there was a score. There was there was a score being kept, but they can't see the score. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. That's what they're actually doing in mixed martial arts. There's scores of like strikes being kept, control time, who got more takedowns, all that's actually officially being scored. But the ref, the uh, sorry, the uh, the judges do not see those numbers. They don't have access to any of those numbers. I'm not just saying this. Like I, I, I what I'm telling you is a fact. You know, it's just them on a piece of paper, chicken scratch. It, just, it doesn't make any sense when you think about it. It leaves everything so wide open to just be uh, whatever one person thinks or this person thinks or just, you know, very subjective, the opposite of objective. Um, but I would think if, if you want to get good scoring, you can do two things. Give them the full access to the stats. And then have live scoring. So after round one, this judge has a 10 to 9 or 10 to 8. Like Invicta, after every round, give the population, the people, the fighters, the corner, what is the score? Like after the first half of basketball, you know the score. After the first period of hockey, you know it's two to you know the damn score. You know in round three. I need to finish to win this fight because Dan Mergulata had it 2-0 for um, <laughs> Macy Barber after two rounds against Andrea Lee. Lee would know that. She would know I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose this fight if I go to the scorecards. So I think it's convenient for them not to fix it. It allows them all the wiggle room they need. They being the powers that be, whoever those people are, to, you know, have things unfold in a way that's maybe not on the up and up. And then you could hide behind the fact, Oh, well, one judge had it this way. And you know, this round was close and it could have gone two one either way. How the fuck could it go two one either way? If, if we just have numbers and stats here that are more transparent and an open scoring system, we would know exactly what it is. So yeah, magic Marlon, I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah, we're going with Jason Bourne, those bookies, my boy. I love it. Love it. We trying, man. We trying. Love me some Jason Bourne. I'm going to watch some Jason Bourne tonight, actually. That's a movie I haven't, I haven't watched any of that shit in a long time. So Magic Barn writes in here and says, maybe you know this answer, Manny. The judges have monitors in front of them, right? So do... Do they watch the cage or the monitor and no chance they hear the commentators, right? Whew, good question. I don't I don't believe they're watching the monitor when the fight is going on. I don't believe they are. Um, which brings another question, by the way, to my my head. Why not also give them access to like full on replay? Well, okay, all right, let me back up here. Because I have an idea. 
And this is a really good idea, by the way. This is like I've said this idea before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on it. And it's not just a, an idea because I had a few puffs of the the magic potion over here. This is a legit idea, and I I'm like so sure it would be better. I mean, I'm like a hundred percent sure it'd be better. And every time I say it to people, they're like, actually, that sounds like pretty simple. It would actually be really good. It'd probably like, you know, make things more accurate, right? All right. So if you've never been to a live mixed martial arts fight, like an event, it, it's hard to see everything. If, if you're cage side, um, a referee can come into your peripheral. If you're, uh, you know, if you're, one one row back from cage side maybe you're a little bit higher you have maybe a better view more like it's it's bigger more in front of you still things will impede your view um the crowd will definitely no question impede human judgment factors if you hear the crowd roaring when someone throws a strike whether it lands or not and you couldn't see for sure if it landed because at that moment, you got a referee going in front of you and you're watching the fight, which they should be watching the fight. They're not watching the monitor, watching the fight. You're going to miss it. You're not going to be sure. And you're going to hear the crowd think, well, I guess that punch landed. Or that combination must have landed. You're going to hear Joe Rogan. Wow. Like, you know, this is right next to you. You're being influenced directly by environment. I mean, it's it's obvious that that that's something that I think you you can't you can't avoid that factor when the judges are currently in their situation, which is cage side as close as possible, watching the actual fight, hearing the ongoings of what's happening around the fight in the arena, witnessing, um, like for example, when when the when the referee says he's taking a point. They signal cage side to the referees. That's the idea. Like, I'm taking a point. Okay. The referee then is basically signaling to the judges, like, a point has been taken. Update your scorecard. Whatever you have for this round, that one fighter is down a point. Okay. They're not signaling, like, to a camera, like, hey, here we go. One point. It's cage side. Like, here, one here, one here, one here. Okay. And also for the entire audience to also hear they're taking a point. That's the whole idea of that concept, right? Okay. All right. So here's my thinking. Here's my idea for how to put judges in a better situation. I would say you put the judges in a separate room. In the arena, but a separate room. A room that is soundproof. And if they can't be in the arena because it's going to be too loud... Have them at a conference room at the hotel, each each uh, official in their own conference room. No distractions. They're getting served coffee, some appetizers between fights, relaxing the entire night. No one is bothering them. They have full service. They have 10 monitors, all monitors, different angles, watching the fight at the same time. Live. They render their scorecards. Scorecard gets delivered through whatever text message. You know, it's easy to do this, right? 
have them be in a hotel right next to the arena so that they're not far away like god forbid we have like a technical difficulty like oh internet's down or something we can get the cards right away to the arena somehow walkie talkie whatever we can get it done the the referees now i'm sorry the 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 uh, judges would still be close to the event when they're done judging they can go over there before or after whatever the case may be have some access but during the event they're they're void of all that nonsense the yelling they don't hear none of this shit they don't have no no nothing no sound at all they keep listening to music but no sound while watching the fight they're strictly just judging and when a point gets taken away they'll see it the referee will say one point they'll say oh one point but absolutely no sound at all now if someone says well they have to hear how hard somebody hits somebody you can't have both you can't have them in the arena hearing how hard somebody gets hit by something or if somebody's like breathing hard and getting tired that can't be part of the judging because they're also hearing all the other stuff they're hearing dc say she grabbed the cage they're hearing you know paul felder oh come on we can't have both it's not a fight in a vacuum the judging is done by the visual they're visually watching and scoring put them into a room each judge by themselves for each individual fight this can be done not very expensive let them have their coffee their tea judge their fights full-on quietness i mean it could ever it could possibly even be done remotely right like you hire a nice panel of like these nice judges all over the country they have a nice home office the whole setup the live streaming all the angles they get the score and then we you know like Secaucus, New jersey with the basketball what sounds crazy would at least eliminate some of this other shit. I mean, we can't have people judging a fight when they're actually in the like row away from people that are yelling and screaming and commentating and commentators that are biased and and some some corners have like hype men like screaming every single some every single time someone lands a strike it's like ah oh, yeah different languages like I mean this is all going on the person trying to judge the fight is hearing all this shit put them into their own little studio room let them put some background music on and score the fight with no outside interference that to me would be a step towards finding more objective judging right now not objective (laughs) not objective at all it's being influenced it's being infected by everything around them you know Oh, that's a great point, by the way. Magic says here is that as Magic Marlin says here, as bad as MMA judging has been lately, boxing takes the cake. That's true. Boxing is is horrid, horrid. BC Dave in the house. What's up, BC Dave? Just stopping by to say hi. Early day tomorrow. Night, MMA junkies. Thank you, dude. Thank you, BC Dave. He's the man. Runs a, a really cool tapology group for people that want to sign up for that group. It's free and uh, a group of killers in there, man. Our man, Dave is the is the man you are a founding father anthony w you are a founding father (laughs) um let me just get to a few more comments here before i jump off guys it is getting a little bit late for me and i have some more work to do tonight um magic marlin right in here do you think the live scoring would lead to nate quarries getting on their bikes remember that man 
I mean, I just, I feel like, I feel like it deserves open scoring. We deserve to know where the fuck we stand. I think everyone deserves that. If, for example, you're going to be behind, it's like, you know, fighters should know, better should know. I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with the results recently. I feel like, you know, like last card, whatever that was. I mean, I, I didn't pick the right fights per se, but the results weren't like, you know, squirmy. Like things happened the right way. People got finished, you know. Uh, Cowan lost her fight, you know, things like that. I, I, I agree with all that. But overall, man, you know, like that Patty Pimlet card. Come on, man. Patty Pimlet did not beat Jared Gordon. Come on. Come on. Like that, that, that's that's one of many examples. Like, you know, what's her name? Uh, Holly Holm did not lose to um what's her name that brazilian girl last year you know Vieira. she didn't lose that fight but like they just it's it's weird they have a lot of room there a lot of discretion um anthony writes in here he says i've i've genuinely debated getting involved in an athletic commission because it's so frustrating they just don't adapt or learn they still don't know what they're doing it's wild yeah so i man there's so many parameters again of why it doesn't make sense and you have to be kind of a bit of a hardcore fan to get frustrated by it because if you're just a peripheral fan, you don't really understand. The more you get into it, it's like, yo, <laughs> what's going on, man? Thomas right in here he says, crazy how the UFC can literally record a fighter taking a piss during the countdown of an event, but can't put a camera behind the judges or almost a whole event, at least see what they really do. Yeah, I mean, man, dude, it's, there's a lot of room for error. Oh, you did it for the first time, Anthony. Yes. Yes, it does help you. It does help you, Anthony. I like it. I, I will actually reference it sometimes throughout the week. I'm like, you know, where was I at on some of these things? I want to double check. I'm on the same page. It's like sort of like a you know, a track record of what you're doing. All right, guys, it's 2.30 a.m. Eastern time. It's a good time to cut things off. It's been two and a half hours. You guys have been beautiful. Love you guys very much. If you're uh, a Monday morning commuter, you're now way into your office. Uh, hope you're settled in or maybe you're still on the way to work. Uh, good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. It's yours truly, Mini GMA Fight Club. Thank you for joining us. This was episode number 14 of Midnight MMA. We'll be back next weekend. Same place, same time, Sunday evenings, 12 o'clock a.m., which is actually Monday morning, but Sunday evenings. You get the you get the point. So that's 12 a.m. next Sunday for episode number 15 of Midnight MMA, which is your weekly recap of the week that was mixed martial arts tonight. We talked about UFC Vegas 72 and uh the bare knuckles fights and also cage wars a little bit. And also took a preview looking at the week ahead, which is also UFC 288, Invicta FC, some one championships, a lot's going on. You guys are great. Thanks for joining us, guys. Peace, and I'll see you guys soon.